following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating, Tyler Dean. Tyler, in the regular season, is over. Playoffs? Super. You want to talk about playoffs? Yeah, super, super, super wild card weekend, buddy. Partial super, because they ruined it. Yeah, they, they did ruin it by flexing a game out to Monday, but that's okay. Every year for the next five years. Yep, I, I'm gonna. It's still Super Wild Card Weekend in my heart. Well, it's it's still five games, so it's still a little more super than your usual. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's still pretty super. It's it's still. I'm, no, it's. I, I'm gonna call it the Great Wild Card Weekend, not Super. Yeah, yeah. The 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 really the really extra special. Well, no, the, the really the, spe- the slightly above average Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, yeah, we can go that route. I, I agree with that. It's not. Just, it's not it's super. Just, I'm just. I'm just salty because super is, gets the, gets the credit for having six games. Yeah, yeah. See, I wanted two straight days of football like we got last year. That's that's what I wanted. Two straight. Games. It, it also makes us hypocritical because like on the show we've also said how how amazing it was to have like six straight days of football like we got with, with COVID happening. But but no, this is playoffs. I feel bad for the team that plays on Monday, and it's, I know it's the Cardinals and Rams. Hopefully they do the right thing and make sure the winner of that game gets to play on Sunday next week. Yeah, see, I, I really liked the the three games and three games, like the marathon of football that I watched all day, both days in a row, just nonstop. Yep. I, I enjoyed it last year. I, I sat And I didn't do anything. That was the best part. I sat in bed. I, I literally sat in bed with beer in my hand watching, you know, six games of football just nonstop all day. The wife hated it. I loved it. It was amazing. It was a great experience. Um, but that's all right. I mean, the, today we get two games. Tomorrow we get three games. So it's still all right. And then the big one, Monday Night Football, which is actually, to be honest with you, I think that's going to be our game of the week, the, the Rams and Cardinals, and we'll jump into that. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty stoked for Super Wild Card Weekend. And then next weekend, we'll still get the divisional round, so we'll still get two games and two games. Uh, two and, if I, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I have done no research to ve- to validate this, which is going off pure off memory. Since we started the show, I think this is the first time in which both of us gets to sit down and watch the entire playoffs in, in a non-subjective way. <clears throat> yeah. Where the yeah. Ravens and the Vikings are not in, in the dance. Yeah, normally um, normally it, well, at least one of us is in. Um, yeah, and in and, and recent history, it's it's been the Ravens. Yes, yes. Normally, it's it's you. Um, usually we get both, but um, Vikings run that weird like uh, until this year. Oh, we're in the playoffs in odd numbered years. Yeah, the uh, the Kirk Cousins experiment is is driving me crazy. But we're gonna we're we could see some changes on the horizon. You're, you're, yeah, you've been trying to hire a witch just to say make sure that the new coach and GM do the right thing and get rid of Cousins. Don't don't. Yeah, don't if, if if they hire a Kirk Cousins stand, I swear I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a parade. Well, well, Kirk stands beware. You're you're all gonna 
be uh, uh, feeling my wrath today, and Zimmer here, Zimmer stands beware. You're going to be feeling my wrath today as well. But Tyler, we've got Week 18 scores we're going to jump into here. Um, we're not going to go crazy uh, because it is Super Wild Card Weekend, and we got lots of playoff stuff to jump into. We've got coaching carousel going on, but uh, one I will jump in a little bit further with when it comes to uh, the teams that are actually in the playoffs, teams that secured playoff spots. I am going to jump a little bit more into those uh, those uh, extra spectacular games, particularly the one that we watched on Sunday night where you and I were rolling. Um, what a game that one turned out to be. So Tyler, it is going to go down. As the greatest final game of a season of all time. Oh, my God. It was an amazing game. So, Tyler, are you ready for Week 18 scores? Let's do it. All right, let's jump in. Here are your scores from Week 18 in the NFL, starting with the Chiefs and the Broncos. Chiefs, obviously, looking for that number one seed. They didn't get it because of the uh, the victory from the Titans. But the Chiefs do beat the Broncos 28-24. to um, a lot tighter than I expected it to be, but, you know, Chiefs making in the playoffs. Tyler, do you think they're still the most dangerous team to enter the playoffs this season? I'm sticking to my guns what I said um, just before halfway of the season. The AFC screwed up, and I, I'm inclined to believe that this team goes to the Super Bowl. You know, a lot of people are saying that, and, and I don't blame them. Uh, next up, you got the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cowboys dominate the Eagles. A lot of people feel like the Cowboys are a sleeper heading into the playoffs here. A lot of people feel like this is a, a basically a preview of what we're going to see. The Eagles getting into the playoffs, getting the shit kicked out of them. Is yes it- and no. Um, I, um, so, on the Cowboys, um, I'm one of those people that believe that this is a team that, and I know you're still on their divisional round team, but to me, this is a team that if they made it to the, to the championship or the Super Bowl, it wouldn't be like, a, oh my God, they upset the world. No, they're a good team. They, they're good enough to beat every team in the NFL, minus maybe the Green Bay Packers. I don't think they're a bad team by any means. I thought, I think, um, really, and and to to the, it's not even just to the credit of, of Kellen Moore, because I like Kellen Moore a lot. Um, it's also to the credit of Dan Quinn and what he's done with the defense over there and with the Cowboys. I firmly think that Dan Quinn should just, you know, walk away from any head coaching prospects and just remain a defensive coordinator because. Oh, I agree. I'm very much in, in that Rex Ryan, not Rex Ryan. Yeah, Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan um, realm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think he he needs to just remain but, in DC. Yeah, but um, the other big thing too is, and and I stuck to my guns, and this is one that, this is one of my bold predictions that I that I nailed on is, is Dak Prescott is going to come out being that top ten, top five quarterback that we knew before his injury. The the dude's going to win come that part of the year. There's no one else. Yeah, there is nobody else that's going to be able to handle that, and and I think he's played extraordinarily well. Um, the Cowboys still sit at they're they're at twelve and five, I believe they're the four seed. If I'm not, they mistaken. are. I think they're eleven. I think they're eleven and five. Twelve and five right now. Are they? With the win over the Eagles, they're twelve. And five. Oh yeah, yeah. But then on the Eagles side, I do want to point out that and I mentioned in the show last week that that Eagles win or loss had nothing to do with their position change. So right. they weren't going to play anybody, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't play their starters. So what this, that game has zero indication about what the Eagles can do. Now, I still believe that the Eagles are got a, a big up, upward battle, but that game is not a, not a good example. Yeah, I don't think it's a, an indicator of, of where they're going to wind up, but I do I do think the Cowboys are the big sleepers uh, in the playoffs this upcoming uh, for this upcoming playoffs here. 
Um, next up, we got the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, Steelers beat the Ravens. So with, with that W moving into this week, or, or moving into that that specific situation, the Steelers wound up, they secured a playoff position, weirdly enough, and we'll jump into why. But the Steelers go out and beat the Ravens 16-13. Um, sort of surprising. And really, whoever won this game, given the circumstances, wound up with a potential playoff berth. It was it was just a strange... Well, it's like we said last week, though, like the, the situations got weird because Ravens would have still missed had they won because of the Dolphins. I, right. I can't recall if they would have put... I can't if Ravens would have won. I, I don't remember if that would have put Chargers or Colts in, but it definitely wouldn't have been the Ravens. Right. I, and, and I said last week though, like, and we'll, we'll mention, and maybe we can just do the Browns and Bengals next year because with that with that Browns win, I kind of got exactly what I wanted. It's like, hey, either either get yourself in the playoffs or set yourself up for next season, and that's exactly what Ravens did. I know, I know it wasn't by design, but it's what happened, and, that, and I'm and I'm here for it. Yeah, the Bengals sit all their starters, so the Browns do beat the Bengals as well, 21-16. to Bengals sit all their starters. They realize it doesn't have any bearing on their playoff seeding really whatsoever unless they were yeah. real. They basically had to have Titans and Chiefs lose, and they weren't, and they decided not to bank it, not to because I believe Burrow was also dealing with a, with a small injury, so it wasn't worth it. Yeah, it, it wasn't worth it, and I think the Bengals really realized that the chances of them getting that one seed were extraordinarily low. The Browns go out and they win this game, so the Browns wind up in third place. Your Ravens wind up in fourth place. You guys get better uh, play, get better seating as far as the uh, the draft goes. You but guys, more importantly, I think the schedule. Cause yeah, schedule. We for talked now. about it off the air, and they, and the difference was huge. Yeah, you guys get a cupcake schedule next year based on that situation. So it, it turns out beautifully. Um, so so that's real nice. And that's that's my coach of the year right there. If I'm being honest, I think I think it's Zach Taylor. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Zach Taylor on the AFC side. Uh, next up, you got the Washington football team and the Giants in a meaningless game. Uh, Washington beats them 22 to seven. Just meaningless nonsense, really just negatively affecting their own draft stock. Same goes for the Vikings beating the Bears 31 to 17. Vikings negatively impact their own draft stock. They'll be picking number 12 this season, whereas the Bears move up into the top 10. Uh, the Colts. Now, this one was the a heartbreaker for the Colts. Colts have an opportunity. It's win and in to beat the Jaguars. The, the, the at that time two and fourteen Jaguars, and they drop one, 26 to eleven. The Colts lose to the Jaguars, and the Jags basically play spoiler here. They remove the Colts from the playoff situation. I feel awful for the Colts here because of the Jonathan Taylor situation, because he is just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he should be considered for an MVP candidacy, and he's not even being looked at. And I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that the Colts didn't make the playoffs. Am I right? And and what sucks is he kind of wasn't getting looked at before that, but I look at, I feel bad for a few people because people are are fickle. They they turn their back very easily, and we, we went from Colts fans... Um, screaming Carson Wentz's praises and wanting to have his babies to we should get rid of him. That loss is not in Carson Wentz. It's on the whole team. I'm not saying it's not in Carson Wentz because it still is. It's on Jonathan Taylor. It's on Frank Reich. But it's the entire team. You cannot put that one loss and the future of Carson Wentz in that single game. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I, I think Carson Wentz 
I don't think he played well this year. I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of people were on that Carson Wentz train, um, and it was unnecessary. I, I think, um, eh, and and a lot. And, right, and this is where and this is where we kind of feel differently because I think Carson Wentz should be getting a long term contract with the Colts. See, I I don't think he should be. And and he's one of a few quarterbacks who didn't throw over ten interceptions. Regardless of whether or not he didn't throw over 10 interceptions, he really wasn't a world beater. Um, he wasn't the Carson Wentz, that gunslinging Carson Wentz that I think they were expecting to bring in. But uh, he outplayed Philip Rivers from a year prior by a good margin. By As far as what, though? I mean, as far as yards, he, he didn't. I don't think so. I don't think his completion percentage was as high as Rivers either, was it? I'm trying to pull it up right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't pull us back as, as we're going through the games here. I, I'm not as ex- ecstatic about Carson Wentz. And right now, the, the, the Colts have made it, and we'll get jump into that, but they've made it clear that Carson Wentz may not be the quarterback over there moving forward. But the Colts, with that loss, put themselves in jeopardy and then ultimately wind up losing their playoff berth. So that was a thing. Um, the Lions go out and beat the Packers in what turned out to be a very meaningless game, 37-30. to 30. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was tearing the Lions up from the rip, and then they pull him. Jordan Love comes in, and the Lions make an astounding comeback to beat the Packers in a meaningless game. Um, They technically, I guess, negatively affected their draft stock because had they lost this game, they would have had the number one overall pick. But Jags uh, won their game. Lions also won their game, so everything stays the same. So the Jags wind up with the number one pick still. So looking at Rivers and Wentz, um... Last um, yards go to Rivers by a little bit. Touchdowns to Wentz. Rivers had more interceptions. Rivers had a better uh, completion percentage, but Wentz ultimately has the better QBR. Huh. It's an interesting situation. I don't know. I'm not as tired. So, and- so basically, we're, we're calling them si- similar fits for 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 this Colts team because the, the stats are very close. Yeah, it's it's a, a an interesting situation over there with the Colts, and like I said, we're going to jump into those those um, Colts potential quarterback situations and whatever the case. Um, we'll we'll jump into that shortly. Um, next up, you got Titans and the Texans. The Titans go ahead and pick up the W over the Texans. They secure their spot as the number one seed. They get the first round bye. And I think this bodes really well for the Titans, to be honest with you. I think the Titans needed this for this first round bye because of the fact that Derrick Henry is set to come back uh, for the playoffs. So giving him that bye, allowing him to get one more week to heal up. He was activated about, what, two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be ready to rock and roll. We could very well see Derrick Henry come into the divisional round. And this is something that... that I, you know, I had predicted that the Titans were going to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And now, seeing that Derrick Henry could be coming back here in the fashion that he's coming back, I think this could become a reality based solely on the fact that that team doesn't seem like a complete team without Derrick Henry. Am I right? But they've they've been getting it done. and But then the, the big question here is, is we, we're excited about Derrick Henry coming back, but... How many times has a player come back late and not been the player they were before? And I know Derrick Henry is is a is a freak among men here, but it is still a reality. That is the question of the day. 
in which Derrick Henry is going to show up. Is it going to be the Derrick Henry that we saw in week one through week six that was just, I mean, mauling people? That's what I want to see. That's it. I, I'm waiting for it. And I'm hoping it's that guy because that's going to make for some exciting games and so for, for a really exciting playoff experience for us. Um, next up, the Bills go out and beat the Jets. So the Bills, they secure the East, um, the, the AFC East. They go out and, and finish out 11-6. and six. Bills find themselves, I believe, in the four seed, which I, I think is, is just a really nice spot for them. And, uh, yeah, they're going to wind up taking on the Patriots, their, their division rival in, in round one. Are the Bills a sleeper team as far as this playoff experience goes? I mean, they, they could be. And um, the name that it comes down to, and I hate to say it because we haven't talked about it all year, but it's proven true. When he plays good, the team does well. Devin Singletary. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, Devin Singletary, is as much as we've said over the course of the year that we don't think that this is the guy and that we believe that, that this team needs a running back, Devin Singletary come alive. It came alive. Now, we've seen this before where Devin Singletary comes alive late in the season and, and everybody gets excited about him, and then it doesn't change that the following season he turns into a bum again, you know, straight up just pumpkins, you know. So we're going to see um, – you know, I, I think, to be honest with you, I think this this is just a little hot streak. He's a streaky player. I think this is, this is fool's gold. Going into next season, you're going to see, you know, the, the Bills, I, I think they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, Devin Singletary's still our guy. And if they make that mistake, I think Devin Singletary's going to make them look like idiots again because they did it before, said, oh, Devin Singletary's our guy. And then we've seen what happened for the last two seasons. So we're going to find out what Devin Singletary has, but I, I'm not entirely sold on him. But the Bills do wind up with that number four seed. Uh, next up, you got the Saints and the Falcons. Saints beat the Falcons 30-20 to to set up a potential playoff berth, but that would later be spoiled. We'll jump into that uh, in a minute here. But next up, you got the Patriots. They lose to the Dolphins. Patriots had an opportunity to, to defeat the Dolphins and wind up in a potential tie situation with the Buffalo Bills, but because the Dolphins went out and beat the Patriots, the Patriots wind up with the five seed and they lose out on the AFC East. Now they have a showdown with the Bills looming for this upcoming week. Uh, next up, you got the Seahawks. They go out and beat the Cardinals. It was sort of a meaningless game. The Cardinals really, you know, they they didn't really have much to play for. Uh, well, the- that's not true because um, they were still fighting for the two seed in the division because the Rams ended up losing that game. But I'm not sure how much they really cared either. Yeah, they, they were fighting for the two seed in the division. My my thing is, I think one way or the other, they were going to wind up playing the Rams in this situation, were they not? I I think there were some situations where that wouldn't have happened, but I think that was the most likely scenario. So I, there's yeah. a level of didn't care about changing the positioning. Yeah, I, I think they were, they were going to wind up... Well, it was... I don't know if they were, they were playing for the two seed. I think they were playing for the three seed. Because the Buccaneers wound up with the two seed at thirteen and four. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Rams were playing for division in two. Cardinals were playing for division in three. Yeah. So I mean, one way or the other, they were going to wind up, you know, playing against the 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 Rams. And really, the Rams wound up not playing for the two seed because the Buccaneers go out and defeat the Panthers, forty-one to seven. Rams would have gotten it. They won. Yeah, they 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 just housed them. So I mean, no, they played for it. They just lost. 
Yeah, but but the Bucks go out and they they house the Panthers there and and go thirteen and four, um, and and win it. Oh yeah, because the the Rams do all the tie own the tiebreaker with the Buccaneers had they tied. Um, and then the 49ers, they had their opportunity to make the playoffs and they seized it. Had they lost, the Saints would have made the playoffs. The 49ers wind up beating the Rams 27 to 24 in overtime. It was a comeback victory, a very interesting one. But the Niners make their way into the playoffs. A lot of people think that the Niners are the dark horse candidate in the playoffs. Tyler, what do you believe? Are the Niners still a team that is dangerous and a team that could go to the Super Bowl? No, I don't. I think they're this year. They're going to be a team that just makes the playoffs, and that's a bold prediction that I called. I think divisional round at best. I think wild card division at best. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the wild card round against Dallas here. A lot of people are are you know expecting. Uh, there's been it's been strange. A lot of people saying the Niners are going to beat the Cowboys this week. I don't see it. I but where I'm at is and. I'm not saying it now because obviously not having the whole season is a different story, but I'm I'm sticking to until truly proven wrong that had Lance played all season, I could be I could see myself picking the Niners over the Cowboys. I don't believe in Trey Lance still, and and I know that you're really sample big size on, is small. I know you're really really big on Trey Lance. I'm not big on Trey Lance. I think that Trey Lance is is a very inaccurate, inexperienced quarterback. We saw how, how so was Lamar, but Lamar had a whole season and a whole off season to do it properly. I think when Jimmy goes, which seems to be the direction, we're going to really see what Trey Lance can do. Yeah, and we're going to jump into that shortly too. As for the Rams, the Rams wind up in probably their toughest situation so far. They're going to be taking on that Cardinals team uh, this upcoming week, Monday night. I believe the Rams still have the, have a very solid opportunity to become the Super Bowl team that I predicted them to be. What do you think? Cam Akers coming back. What do you think of this Rams team? And, and we'll talk about the one news story here. They, they also, they are, they're also bringing in Eric Weddle back. Um, the Rams are stacking up for that run. I I don't know. I Their biggest competition it is right in front of them. And that, that's the same thing for my Super Bowl pick in the Cardinals. The biggest competition is right in front of them. And I, I don't think they're even they're the biggest competition. You know who I think the biggest competition is? The is Green Bay Packers. The, the team lying in wait, the, those Green Bay Packers. I just really think that that, that people are, are forgetting. It's easy to forget about that team that has that first-round bye. I don't know, that Green Bay Packers team, they're just they're the snakes laying in wait here. It's going to be and, – And everyone knows the yearly uh... – Disappointments the Green Bay Packers have had, but this team feels a bit more on fire than it has in past years. Yep. And then the last game, the game that you and I both believe is is probably the best, and will go down as the best season-ending game in the not 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 best game of all time, the best best last game. Yeah, best season-ending game. Um, Chargers and the Raiders. The Raiders beat the Chargers thirty-five to thirty-two to so. With the Steelers' victory, and it it became a situation where if these teams tied, both of them would have made the playoffs. And it became very apparent that this could have been been a tie. They go into overtime. You know, Chargers came firing back. They tie it up 32-32. to They go into overtime. They tie it up with three hard 
fourth down conversions on that same drive, too. Oh, yeah. It was an adventure. Um, and it was looking like this was going to wind up as a tie. The the uh, the Raiders were getting ready to, to kick a field goal. And on third down, they give up uh, the, the Chargers give up a huge run to Josh Jacobs uh, for a first down. It put the Raiders in field goal range. The, the Raiders kick a 47-yarder for the winner. Uh, just a a heartbreaker for the Chargers. And what we missed was, and in, in, uh, there's been a lot this week on it, and me and you missed it watching it live because I mean, alcohol may or may have allegedly been involved. But uh, but we're, the game was so hot that we kind of missed it. Was the clock was running on third and thirteen or some whatever whatever it was, and the Chargers call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And after the g- game, um, it's never been specifically said, but it's by Derek Carr. It's heavily alluded that they had every intention on needing the ball. Yep, they there were several several uh, uh, discussions where they said they they were planning on just taking the tie. Even Justin Herbert was walking on the sidelines and and reportedly looked at his coach and said, "I've never been rooting for a tie so hard in my life." I, and oh. I think I, I do believe that was the plan because I, what I think happened was is they were planning on taking the tie, but the moment dumbass Staley takes that timeout, yeah. it tells the Raiders, oh, they're hoping for a miss so they can just drive the field. Right. And, so and- that, that, that that told the Raiders, no, we're, we're either going to try to win or accidental tie. Right. I think that I, I truly believe Staley screwed his team. I, I believe so too, and and the Raiders go out and clinch themselves a playoff berth. They wind up in the seven seed, and here we are. The, the playoff picture is set officially in in one of the most um, insane, wild, out of control uh, ways that that we could have ever asked for. The playoff picture is set so the afc you've got in the titans in the one seed chiefs in the two seed in the number three seed you have the cincinnati Bengals. the fourth seed the buffalo bills the fifth seed the new england patriots and then i i mean in in the most confusing way humanly possible the sixth seed becomes the Raiders, or I'm sorry, the, the Raiders, and then the seventh seed actually became the Steelers. I said the Raiders had the, the sixth seed. It's actually the Steelers have the seventh seed, and the Raiders had the sixth seed. And then on the NFC side, oh boy, it becomes Packers, Bucks, Rams, uh, uh, Cowboys, Cardinals, Niners, Eagles. So. Just one of the the most crazy, outlandish, ridiculous uh, ways for this this uh, uh, playoff picture to, to take shape, and here we are. So our playoff picture is uh, uh, set, and Tyler, our season has ended. Now you and I, we have uh, been doing our Tyler's top ten and our Freytown's forgotten five. Um, explain to everybody how we're going to do things next year as far as the, the top 10, the forgotten five, uh, and, and we're, we're doing it very much like the rookie rankings, correct? Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing a rebranding. There's going to be a, 
a, a name change too. It's gonna be the uh, the uh, top football rankings. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Washington, we're not following suit. Um, <laughs> we don't know what that's gonna be yet because 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 the, the issue is it's not gonna be a Tyler's top ten because we'll get to the rookie rankings. But I fell in love with how the rookie rankings work this year because I did all the math and all the uh, all the com- combining every week and. It was fun. I think it really uh, developed a, a cool sense of the rankings. So yeah. next season, we're going to do the same thing that we do with the rookie rankings. But instead of like it being like previous weeks matters, it's, it's, it's still going to be a weekly. But Scott will do his 10. I'll do my 10. And then I'll combine the scores, and you'll have your uh, cumulative top 10 for that week. And we're going to do the same thing for the shitty players. Yes, for the forgetful. So we'll we'll, we'll... – We'll wind up uh, coming up with a special name for it uh, for the upcoming year. We're, we'll announce our name, um, and and maybe we can come up for it with a name by February second. That that would be very entertaining, given the uh, uh, the Washington well, football well, team. Uh, um, bearing any setbacks for me, and the likelihood is that me and you will be in the same room for the Super Bowl. So maybe uh, that's the day that we just kind of we let the alcohol brains dictate the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just pickle our brains with the alcohol and hope. Because we'll have the steals too. We'll have re- maybe we'll, we'll go to the we'll, we'll do a we'll have our our name decided in the same way our, our, the ring's gonna be a combined effort. Yeah, it'll be perfect. <laughs> so we we have that. But Tyler, for to to end our so this is gonna be the official very last uh, edition of Tyler. Top 10. Tyler's top 10. So this is the the very last edition of that, and then we're we're gonna uh, go into a complete. And then and not very last because like during the off season and stuff, I I always do like the special top tens out for various positions or teams, and that will still occur. So that'll still be a thing. But the week the but the weekly uh, leaders and stuff that will that will no longer be encompassed in a Tyler's top 10. Right. Tyler's top 10 is going to go back to, in a way, we're kind of going back to basics on the Tyler's top 10 and having it be a segment dedicated to special types of uh, special situations. Yes. Yeah. So that, that'll that be good for, for the. Uh, so so now it, it could be like middle of week eight and all of a sudden we have something going on and I, and I go, hey, no, we have a Tyler's top 10. It's, just, it's going to feel it's gonna kind of going back to being feeling special. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can, you know, have a, a wonderful experience that so well um tyler hit me with some of that tyler's top 10 okay so we have the cumulative scores and i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna go the top 10 the top 10 scores from both of our combined scores and this includes freytown's forgotten five scores included yep so we got this is our mvp voting yes this is this is the uh outside blitz mvp scores at number 10 Cooper Cup. Very low and very surprisingly low, but you know, like from a week to week standpoint, Cooper Cup's been really good. I, I I think there's been hasn't been a whole lot of situations where he's been like number one on the list or anything like that, right? That's true. And yeah. and and you know what? Maybe maybe we had that conversation and we talked about it off the air, but maybe we do do the uh the uh MVP rankings in the same exact fashion that we do the the rookies. 
Yeah, that could be a thing, but I do know that that. So we're like, we're like you could like like previous weeks matter and 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 whatnot because the way this ranking look, this basically says who's the number one player that's had the most good weeks. Right. The 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 most consistent we consistently good weeks. Yes. Um, and Cooper Cup, you know, obviously he deserves to be on the list. Um, I'm surprised that he's as low on this list as, as you know we've had him, but week over week. Cooper Cup, I, I don't think he's I, – I think there was maybe one week where he sat in that number one spot. But beyond that, I, I mean, he's been dancing around four, five, you know, three, four, five, and six. Yeah. I don't think – And, the, and the thing here is, is like – so say I would have – so we did we, we did a top ten forgotten five just kind of quietly. I, I put the rankings in. But like say, say he would have been on our list. Yeah. Say he would have been my number one. Mm-hmm. He'd be four. Wow. Like – Ten through two is incredibly close. Wow! See that there's a drop off after ten, but ten <laughs> through two's very close. Number nine, Dak Prescott. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Um, that's about right for Dak. Dak has had a hell of a year. Um, really just just tearing it up. I I like what and and he's in spite of an injury that that happened this year. I think I think it was a calf injury. He still managed to put up a great season. Um, Dak has been a, easily a, a top five quarterback this year. I don't yeah. think he's missed any games. Yeah, co- comeback player of the year. He, well, he did miss one game. He missed the uh, the Vikings game. But uh, well, here's the question, though. Like, if you're talking about this, because now I'm kind of second guessing myself. Why? Do you give the comeback player to Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow? That's a good question. It's <laughs> a damn good question, but I, I mean, as far as Dak Prescott goes, um, yeah, I think he, he's been play, he's had an outstanding year. I, I mean, after having his foot turned on backwards, coming back, playing the way he's played, taking his team to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys, they, they have a ton of weapons over there, but Dak has led that team well and he's played solid ball. I, I'm, I'm, you know, even though, you know, obviously I don't want to hear weed M boys for the next, you know, 10 years. I think we're we're bound, you know, to see that happen because Dak Prescott is a solid player. Um, I, and, I, it may not be this year, but I do think he gets the Super Bowl. With yeah, I, I think he will. Um, I, I never thought that I'd be saying that I was wrong about Dak Prescott's money. But, you know, Cowboys took the risk. And they made everybody look stupid. Uh, I mean, uh, we all thought that there's no way that Dak Prescott's going to be worth that amount of money that they offered him. And uh, he's proven everybody wrong. So, I mean, yeah, I, I he deserves to be on this list. And I think this is about right, the, the perfect spot for him. Number eight, Josh Allen. You know, he started off hot and then he fell off. Um, it, it's kind of weird that and he's come back on the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Last couple of weeks. He, well, sort of, I mean, he's, he's been a little hit or miss the, the last few weeks. Um, but when he, when he's on, he's on. And when he's off, he's off uh, a lot of the bill success. I mean, it, it runs through Josh Allen. If Josh Allen is having an off game, then, then we're kind of going, eh, maybe this bills team isn't the real deal, but Josh Allen, or especially early on in the season, um, I think he looked really good. When when he gets hot, though, that's that's when when the Bills are are going to be successful. So yeah, the uh, yeah, I, I I think this is about the perfect spot for Josh Allen because he I think if I'm not mistaken is mistaken he's actually landed on the forgetful five on a couple of occasions this year too. 
so yeah, this is this is about right for Josh Allen. Number seven, Devontae Adams. I mean, yeah, this is about right. Uh, Devontae, he's I think he missed what two games this year, um, but but still the I mean. Aaron Rodgers' favorite target. I want to see what Devon. Uh, you know, we don't know if Devontae Adams is quarterback proof. That's that's one thing that I want to see um, from Devontae is whether or not he's quarterback proof. Uh, he's had the the pleasure of of playing with Aaron Rodgers his entire career, um, and and it seems like he's going to be on his way out of Green Bay after this season. He hasn't he hasn't uh, um, signed a new deal or anything like that. Obviously, Rodgers wants to get traded. I think I think Devontae wants to go wherever Rodgers is going, but we'll see. But I want to see if like what happens if Devontae Adams winds up playing with a quarterback that isn't Aaron Rodgers. I, w- I want to see if he if he can go to say, you know, and and obviously this will never happen. But like say a Minnesota, and he ta- he's with a guy like Kirk Cousins. Does Devontae Adams have that same success? And I don't know that he does. But we'll See, I, I I say he does because I feel like a guy who who's who's been like the only option for a team to me is quarterback proof because you got a defense that's that's hounding him. I, you, you give him players, you get you put him on the Rams, like re- replace him and and uh, Beckham. I I think Adams goes on a field day. Oh yeah, with with, with that team. But I mean, again, it's it's the Rams. <laughs> yeah, it's Stafford, but yeah. well, even even put Goff there. Yeah, I still say I, that same statement. If if you if you move uh, uh, Devontae over to to say New England with Mac Jones, does he have the same success? No, because they don't got any good receivers. Right, that's that becomes the question of the day. I don't know. To me, and and that's anybody though. Like you, you either need to have a good quarterback or you need to have decent receivers to keep the pressure off. Right, that's anybody. So I, I just I, I think though for for this season Devonte this is this is about right for him he this is, he he's been consistently on on Tyler's top ten this season so and and or on the, the I actually I I don't think I've ever had to put him on the the forgotten five because he's actually been on Tyler's top ten this season like almost almost week over week so yeah this this does not surprise me number six Joe Mixon. Uh, number three rusher in the league, he turned out to be. I believe so. I, I think he was somewhere in that realm. Uh, number good three, back year for him after having like uh, an injury riddled 2020. Um, it was it was a really good bounce back year. Uh, 2020 was really rough for Joe Mixon. He he just kind of he was in and he was out. He's playing hokey pokey with with injured reserve, and now he comes. Roaring back this season, uh, winds up having himself a great year. Uh, it, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of po- a lot of folks weren't so sure about him after 2020, and uh, he he shut a lot of folks up, uh, myself included. I wasn't sure about him after after 2020 because I didn't know if this guy was going to be able to be healthy enough to stay on the field. Um, and he and he's turned out to be great. He, he turned out to have a really really solid year. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Joe Mixon, as long as he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league, hands down. I agree. So for, before I hit the top five here, one thing I want to mention, because we were talking about records last week. Right. We talked a little bit about um, breaking a record in, in 18, in 17 games versus 16. Yeah. So something that he that no one's really going to talk about, but it, it, it somebody brought to my attention, and I want to acknowledge it. 
Okay. So TJ Watt tied the sack record. Right. Even he should have broke it because the one sack that we saw him get ended up not counting. Yeah, it wound up being just uh, uh he got the the player got deemed a runner. Yeah. So he tied it. But I want to make this perfectly clear. So going into that game, he was he was one sack behind. Right. He tied it. He played one less game than Mr. Han did. Yeah. I just yeah. want to point that out. <laughs> we had a longer season, but Watt missed two games. Right. Just saying. Yeah. So I hate the Steelers, but to me, Watt's stray hands should have an asterisk next to it. <laughs> no, but yeah. TJ uh, Watt have had a hell of a season. If we're talking about defensive player of the year, it's, it's TJ Watt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Watt, I mean, that dude is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, 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 hate, I hate playing against him. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. He's become, he's the, it, it, he's obviously an elite pass rusher. I think he's he's probably one of the best players in the league right now, one of the best defensive players, um, and and people should be talking about him as defensive player of the year. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Number five, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think here's my problem. A lot of people have been giving Aaron Rodgers, and, and yeah, he's wound up on our list quite a bit this year, and this is about where he needs to be. You know, the league is looking at Aaron Rodgers right now. It They have completely discounted two players in Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor that had better seasons than Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has been on our, our list more often than, than the um, – than Cooper Cup, but my my problem and, and and really my problem is that Aaron Rodgers, you you didn't beat Brady in just about any stat point at all, and now and and so you beat him in all the major ones. Yeah, I mean the ones so, that matter to me. Everybody was completion starting percentage, to, touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, and th- those are what the QBR. Thing, and that's what the, the things that people started looking at. To me, I, I just see a guy like Tom Brady, and I see, I mean, I 5,000 yards. I, I thought this was a three-man a three man race to me. Um, the guy was also got, had 13 interceptions, though, too. Who? Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought this was a three-man race, though, in my opinion. I, I thought it was— Oh, no, Tom Brady should be included, but to me, if you're giving to a quarterback, Tom Brady can't touch Rodgers this season I I think Rodgers has always been you know like the Aaron Rodgers thing I think I think Brady has him by over a thousand yards doesn't he a little over yeah but yeah, yard I, but but I'm gonna hold you to something you've always said yards don't mean everything they don't mean everything but I'm just I, I mean over a thousand yards <laughs> I mean like like to me it, it this shouldn't be in question four interceptions Rodgers threw you know, and, and we, we've known um, – Aaron's been playing through an injury. He also what? has over almost 200 attempts less than Brady, I want to point out. Yeah, I, I know it. He's, he's got a lot, a lot less attempts, but I just – like I said, I'm, I'm not on this Aaron Rodgers train as far as, as oh, this guy should be the MVP. I just – I'm not. He, he's, he doesn't have as many passing touchdowns. He doesn't have as – I mean, over 1,000 yards less. I, I – just not sold on eight it. picks I, less that you can't ignore. Then you can't ignore that. I agree. 
but I, I like I said, I'm not I'm not entirely sold on Aaron Rodgers. And really, to be honest with you, as far as the MVP voting goes, in my opinion, I'm not completely sold on Tom Brady either. I don't think I think Tom Brady had a better season there, and Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. But I look at Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, and I'm going. These two guys should be the the two that are jousting over this whole thing, not Rodgers and Brady. And I think everybody's looking in the wrong the wrong direction. And, and I agree with you. I think the league is looking at. at to me, it goes it goes Taylor, Cup, then Rodgers, right. then Brady. And and you know, I I could flip flop either Brady or Rodgers. Really, it doesn't matter to me. But at the end of the day, I think it it you're right. It does go Taylor then Cup. And they, those two are the two that should be jousting over this thing, not Rodgers and Brady. And I think that the quarterbacks get way too much love because of the headlining pieces. This league should be looking at Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup just won the Triple Crown for for receivers, for Christ's sake. I mean, like receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. So what in the fuck are we talking about here? Why is Cooper Cup not getting more notoriety than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? It just doesn't make sense to me. All because Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are two guys that are are the sweethearts of the NFL. Let's be real. So I'm I'm not entirely sold on this MVP race, and a lot of people are are ignoring two players in in Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor that, in my opinion, should be getting a lot more love than they're getting. And and I'm just I I don't like it. I, I'm not a fan, and I I think that's bullshit. But maybe that's just my opinion. But um, yeah. So, but Rodgers, I mean, yeah, he's been on our list quite, you know, decently, a decent amount. This is around the point where, yeah, he needs to be at number five. I mean, he he's had some really good games, especially late. He started a little slow, but he really came on and, and fired up. So, and he's been doing it, granted to his credit, he has been doing it on a broken toe. Um, so, I mean, good on him. But, yeah, he deserves to be on the list. Number four, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, another slow start, and then he went on that 10-game tear. Um, this hasn't been the typical Patrick Mahomes that we've seen. Uh, he, he's he's played well, but not like normal Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs have not been that, that team that we've seen over the course of the last couple of years. Um, do I think the, the Chiefs are the most dangerous team in the AFC right now? Probably. Uh, we're going to see what happens when they when they do eventually. I think it's inevitable that they're going to run into the Titans, and we're going to see if they can exercise that demon because the Titans, if you do remember, laid waste to them earlier this year. So we're going to see if the Chiefs, you know, are back to being their old selves. But Patrick Mahomes, he's had sort of a rough go this year, but he's still getting it done. And that revamped offensive line turned out to prove me wrong. Um, they, they've been really good for him and, and, you know, it, it, it's not the typical Patrick Mahomes stuff, but he still has wound up on our list pretty consistently over the last nine to 10 weeks here, which I mean, early on in the season, it was looking like, Oh no, Patrick Mahomes is falling apart. Um, he's really turned it on since then. So good on him. Number three. Well, I'm going to call this a two way tie because it really is. So like my sheet's got it. In like alphabetical order, but it is a tie at three and two, and, and so I'll list them both: Tom Brady, Matt Stafford. The, and so that's some elite company there, huh? I mean, they they had a showdown earlier on in the season. The Rams beat the Bucks. It was it was a, a, a 
really solid showing of a season. Matt Stafford has show has he showed up early and then fell that like he's been a little streaky. He he showed up really early and then he had a little couple off games and then he came back hot again and now here we are at the end of the season and Matt Stafford looked a little questionable. Um you know Stafford has has had a really solid year. I mean, we've already talked about Brady. He's he had himself a good year in spite of the 12 interceptions. Um a lot of a lot more attempts, a lot more uh, bites at the apple there as far as the opportunities to get the interceptions. Uh but I I, th- I do think both these guys they they've been on our list pretty consistently throughout the season. Um how much of Stafford's success is predicated on on the talent of Cooper Cup, you know, and and the the rapport that they have. I mean, it, it, uh, some of it I think can be attributed to Cooper Cup. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, both these guys do deserve to be where they're at. They've had outstanding seasons um, this year. But I, I think I know who number one is, if I'm not mistaken. And and that sounds to me like like this is Jonathan Taylor. Am I right? Number one won it by almost two full points, which is. So if number, number 10 had had five points and number two had six and a half. Number one has eight and eight and a quarter. Wow. And that's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our guy. Uh, <laughs> we didn't see, you know, I well, I I'm not going to say we didn't see it coming because before the season started, I said Jonathan Taylor would be the rushing leader, and um, I turned out. And, and I'm not sure it would have happened because <laughs> because much like in the rushing yards stat, I also want to point out that. From a points perspective, Derrick Henry's at four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Derrick Henry started out hot, but I, I just, you know, on a, on a hope and a prayer and it came true. So I don't, I don't give a shit how it was, it was shaken out at first. One thing I'll point out though, as much as I love Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry's average yards per carry was 4.3. Yep. Which ain't bad. No. The thing with Derrick Henry is, is they use him so much more than like the Raiders used Latavius Murray. Like Henry was going to always get like 30 carries a game is what it is. Right. Jonathan Taylor is not in that same facet. They use him a lot, but not as often. Right. Like he's more like 20 to 25. Right. And. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Jonathan Taylor is better than Derrick Henry because uh, Derrick Henry would murder me. <laughs> but eat you. <laughs> he'd eat me. Yeah, for for uh, for a like pre-breakfast. Yeah, he'd eat me. But Jonathan Taylor's average yards per carry, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Nick Chubb because it's a tie. Those two guys had a 5.5 yards per carry. Yes, they did, and and so those two players have done more with less. I agree, and and not John- more from a more perspective because Jonathan Taylor or because Henry probably would have been the, the um yards leader and probably probably would have broken two thousand and maybe even the record, but the yards per carry um you you got it you got and it's I'm sad that Nick Chubb is high on this list he, he missed some games I think that's part of it but those two guys they get the ball a first down is always in question yeah the the big thing about Jonathan Taylor uh, I I think is the fact that. Um, there have been several games where we have, 
you know, and everybody talks about rushing yards and rushing titles and whatever the case may be. Let's not forget some of the stuff that Jonathan Taylor was capable of doing out of the backfield, catching the ball. Um, there have been several occasions where Jonathan Taylor, I mean, uh, I, I think one against the Ravens, he broke like a 75-yard, you know, touchdown pass against you guys. One, I mean, it was, he, he has this, this insane playmaking ability. Um, when he came out of college, I said this kid was going to be a star. I said he was going to be the best running back out of that draft class, and thus far, that has come true. I, to, you, you can't – anytime you see a guy that's a 2,000-yard rusher, <laughs> like, there's, there should be, like, like bells going off. You know, they, people, people should have been way more excited about Jonathan Taylor than they were. And I get it that that there was a you know a fumbling concern as far as Jonathan Taylor went. There was a ball control issue there, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Jonathan Taylor coming out of that draft was was the best running back. I called him the best running back. I I believed it. I think the Chiefs made a huge. Could you imagine if the Chiefs drafted Jonathan Taylor over Vertelaire? No. I mean, imagine how dangerous that team becomes. I believe Lions could have had him too. Right. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is a, a franchise player, and, and I just I don't understand how or why teams balked on him, but they did. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he is our, our – I had a feeling he was going to wind up as our consensus MVP. He's been on our lists, both, both of our lists, consistently. Um, and, and he slowed down near the end of the season there, but man, oh, man, the, that tear that he went on. Yeah, so it, over 18 weeks – he has 8.25 points. That that means he's been on the list a little over every other week. Right. Which is insane. Isn't that something? <laughs> I just think that's craziness. So Jonathan Taylor is our outside blitz most valuable player. And uh folks, that that you can this is what I'm talking about. I think Jonathan Taylor should have been uh, looked at as the MVP, and I think he's just not getting looked at because the quarterback position and the two guys that are in that position are, are I guess you could say, in, and we, I, I use this term all the time, they're the more sexy positions. And that's kind of what it is. They're the more sexy uh, positions in the in the NFL, and, and those two guys are, are – you know, two sweethearts of the NFL, but but the NFL should be talking a little bit more about Jonathan Taylor as an MVP. Uh, the fact that they weren't, and and I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that the Colts didn't make the playoffs this year. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor should have been talked about more from an NFL perspective. But for this show, for 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 the outside blitz, and we we like keeping it honest around here. Jonathan Taylor is officially your outside blitz. MVP. So good on him. And uh, that one is uh, in the books. Now, Tyler, give me our uh, our shit players of the year, our least valuable player. Now, we've had what Josh Rosen, I think, was has been uh, a pretty con- constant uh, figure over the course of the last couple of years. Um, who was last year's LVP? Do we remember? Well, last year got weird because we we missed a lot of shows. Um, this is the first year when we've really had a chance. This is honestly the first year when like we have like an official. Like we called Rosen because he's on it a lot, but right. This is the first year we've finished the full season. Yeah. Without issue. Yeah. So, it, and 
we talked about it through the week and we 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 see the view count guys and I, I i sincerely thank you for that and thank you for bearing with us through a lot of issues on in both scott's life my life and i'm grateful and thankful to be in a spot where we've we finished our first full year but then we had three years in between that nothing and and here we are we're, we finished our full season and we're we're in a good spot and you guys have stuck with us yeah, uh, listenership has has I mean really gone up uh, in a big way over the course of the last last uh, year here. We we've got a lot of people that are actually out there listening to us, and you know a lot of times you know we 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 jumped on this podcast and and you know we we've, we've had like like huge changes going on in our lives over the course of the last couple of years. Um, hell, I've got one going on now. I announced over on uh, I didn't think you could hear us with. Uh, uh, dirty Verdi that, you know, I've got, and, and Tyler, I, I know you've got one on the way. I've got twins on the way. <laughs> We've got babies coming and, and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So, I mean, you know, yeah, you, can, you, you can call it the final babies of the outside blitz. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the, the final draft picks there. <laughs> so, but they are I, on the board. unlike Darius Geis. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the board. Hopefully, you know, yeah, we will. Hopefully they don't have the same outcome as Darius guys. Let's, let's hope for that. But uh, yeah, I won't let that happen. You know, but, them Ryan kids though. You never know. <laughs> but well, Here's the thing. So we're, we're excited though. And, and, you know, we've, we've had a lot of life changes and, and, but we saw the listenership this, this past week and I, I sent you a picture of it, Tyler. I mean, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> what, what the fuck happened? <laughs> it blew up over the course of the last. Well, what happened was I came back. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had, we had listenership though that that uh, numbers that I don't think we, we I've ever seen. And every week I I go on and I I take a look at oh how many plays have we gotten over the and there are people out there that are listening to us and it means the world. And a lot of podcasts, you know, even though we've had like brief breaks and things like that where we've we've had to slow down for a minute because life just takes over. But um, you know, even even with that, you know. People, like you said, they've they've stuck with us. They've they've continued listening, and and it's been something really to behold. And we there's actually a good amount of people out there listening to us, and it means the world to us because, like you know, we just started this just as two guys fucking around and having fun, and it's it's growing into something bigger. And a lot of podcasts don't last this long. You know, a lot of podcasts don't go. I mean, we're we're nearing our hundredth episode here. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about that, that we're getting to that point. Um, but you know, I, I just, I'm super excited, you know, that, that we've had the listenership and, and to be able to, to finish this season and wind up in a situation where we're, you know, we got our, our consensus, you know, most valuable player and least valuable player and stuff like that. Full seasons worth of, of, um, you know, just, uh, uh, stats and whatever the case may be full seasons of work and and i'm i'm totally stoked about it i'm excited and uh hopefully we can keep this going for as long as as possible i'd be uh totally into that you know uh um, we're, we're gonna try and keep bringing this this show to you uh on a consistent basis week over week or over in the off season it's every other week but we're gonna keep keep bringing uh, you all the uh, the NFL entertainment that we can. So hopefully you're all excited for that and you guys keep listening and, and sticking around with us. And you, and you might see Mr. Alex Steele a little more often. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Steele has been wanting to come on the show a lot more often. Uh, Mr. Well, 
happens. Um, unless unless the uh, viewership goes down, then then he won't be. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Ray Collins too. Those two guys, you know, they they've jumped in, you know, in in situations whether whether you know you're on vacation or or whatever the case. They even on shows when you're here, they they've you know wanted to come on the show and. And uh, they love being a part of it too. I love them being a part of it. It's it's a cool thing um, having having guys that can fill in and and just you know jump in on the show with us. So we're we're gonna keep bringing this to you guys. We're, I mean, I, you know, seeing that that listenership and seeing that 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 uh, that play count was just huge for us. So I'm I'm excited and and I, I just I can't wait. You know, we're like I said, we're nearing a hundred episodes. I just want to get to like a thousand episodes and just see how far this thing goes and, and see how ridiculous we can get over time. A thousand. You'll be in retirement I'll, home at that point. <laughs> well, I, already, outside of this. I already got a couple homes in mind for you. Don't worry. I got you. Yeah. The big 35 this year. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. But, I just hit 30. So I got, I still got a lifetime possibly. Well, 30 ended my lifetime a little bit. So 29 to 30 is like, it's like a 20 year gap. <laughs> oh, anyway, we got do the, have some uh, least valuable player stuff ahead of us here. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sure you're excited. I have a feeling I know who number one is, and I'm sure you're excited to just throw it in my face. It changed. I know we talked about, it, but it changed. Really? You're you're the ones you sent me changed it. I'm okay, okay with it. All right, but, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so. Because I didn't tell you who two through five was, which because so at any point there there was four players that could have all passed that one player, and it happened. But I'm gonna do six through ten because it's a, it's a, it's a five way tie. Okay. And this is one reason why I want to make it ten and then have me and you involved because I because I I want to have some monotony here because it's like six through ten is a tie, eleven through twenty is a tie. Wow. So I, I think if you make it ten, you'll you'll be able to break it up more. Yeah, for and sure. I'll probably do some some uh, calculations and on how to do some some additional scoring on if you're on the higher end or the lower end to get more points or less points or. Sure. But so number ten, I got it listed as the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is partially because like. This list is solely this is this is solely your list. <laughs> just the Vikings, just in general. Yes. <laughs> two times you put the Vi- and all it took was two times they're on the list because because also down the also down the list I have the Vikings O line, the Vikings offense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. the Vikings made it out here twice, and it was enough. And one of them was your number one. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Just the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> See, so me, me joining this list is going to kind of help move the Vikings down the list. Because like, after a loss, Scott's willing to put the Vikings as, like, number one, two, three, and four. No, so here's the problem. See, when the Vikings lose, like, like, especially this year, I don't know what it, like, they, when they've lost, they've been a dumpster fire. It's been terrible. Like, what in the fuck are we doing here, guys? And, and like, I just, it, it just, it blows my mind. Like, like some of these losses that they've had were like, 
when they play well, they're really, really, really good. And then when they play bad, they're fucking terrible. And like, like, and they're just like, usually there's like one player that, that, or one set of players that's absolute dog shit. And, and like, it's like, well, I have to put him on the list. Like Kirk Cousins has, I'm sure been on this list a, a number of times. And, and it's just like, well, Kirk, you sucked. You know, like, I mean, like Kirk Cousins has never appeared. Kirk Cousins has never appeared on the on the nope. forgetful. Nope. I'm surprised by that, given what happened in Cleveland this year or against Cleveland, that 14 to seven debacle. But it, it's the point, like like the like some of these guys, they just play so bad. So I, I'm glad that you lopped them all together. I'm glad. Well, no, you did. Um, I, um, if if there was a difference, if there's a difference in, in anything, I I made its own category because because I have there's a um Vikings offense has a point, Vikings O line has a point, but two times this season you you listed it as the Vikings team <laughs> collectively. That's fantastic. I don't know what weeks it was. I I wish I do. I'm sure we could go back and figure that out, but. Which means yeah. that at 2.25 points, it means they were on the list twice, and in one of those weeks, you had them at one. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was probably that was probably the Cleveland week. I mean that it was probably that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me though. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but number nine in that same tie is Tyrod Taylor. <clears throat> wow, that's you know. Tyrod didn't see a lot of field time this year, but when he did, he w- he wasn't incredible. He had a couple of like really bright shiny spots, but yeah, he w- he wound up on on our list a few times. I do re- I do recall putting him on there. Um, really started the season out in a weird way with like some really weird win, and then like yeah, from there it was like okay, he kind of sucked, and then he he get another weird win every now and then. But yeah, he was for the most part pretty bad this year, so I'm not surprised that that he's in the spot he's in. Number eight, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, bad year for the rookie. I think a lot of it had to do with Urban Meyer. Uh, you, we, I did find him on the list more often than I thought I would. Um, he would, he would show up, and and a lot of times, you know, I'd be looking and be like, man, he'd he's, he'd be like low on the list. I think I, I don't, did I have him one on the list at one point in in a week? I don't know if I ever had him as one once. Once, yeah, I, I, yeah, he. I know he's been on there, so yeah, that this doesn't surprise me at all. Given the season he had, he had a really rough year. A lot of people are looking at him as a bust, and I don't think that's completely true or necessary. It's it's too soon. Yeah, I think it's too soon, and I think a lot of a lot of it, you know, you, you you're really stuck him in a bad situation with Urban Meyer over there. So, is he on the list this year? Yeah, but I don't know if we're going to see him on the list moving forward, depending on who their head coach is. Um, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he's on here. Number seven, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, when Derrick Henry went down, Ryan Tannehill had like a series of bad games that, uh, he wound up, I mean, throwing like multiple picks and, and really just not looking good. I wound up sticking him on this list. Um, I think a majority of it was over that span after Derrick Henry went out that he wound up on the list. So yeah, this this doesn't surprise me that Ryan Tannehill's here. I I, I do think that that you know he he deserves to be where he's at. 
And and keep in mind these are all tied through six. And I put number six at six for a reason because of the limited games. Mm-hmm. I probably should have Tyrod Taylor too, but this guy who showed up in the list twice, which is in the same period, is Cam Newton. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know Cam had the one like nice like hot game when he came back and everybody got excited and it was a game he still lost. But then Cam just, I mean, yeah, went back. He reverted to New England Cam. And uh, it it kind of seems like Cam is, is no 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 he didn't reserve he got worse than New England Cam <laughs> New England Cam wasn't on our list as often yeah yeah that's fair I mean I I just I see Cam and I eh, eh, he he wasn't good this year he played played poorly under Matt New Rose. England Cam almost made the playoffs <clears throat> yeah I guess you're right I mean I, I just Everybody got excited about him, and and he didn't look very good this year when he when he came back to Carolina. Yeah, I I think that he deserves to be where he's at. All right, going to the top five where things get a, all five spots are their own spots, no ties, yeah. no nothing. Thanks. These guys have averaged being in the uh, forgetful five anywhere from just over three to four. So they're all close. Like I was saying, like, like any this last week could have really shaped things up. Number five, Sam Darnold. Yeah, uh, Darnold doesn't surprise me being here. Uh, he started out the those first three weeks really red hot, and and we were both excited. You know, we really thought Sam Darnold had, had turned the page and and you know became some sort of stud. Yeah, he he fell apart. Uh, <laughs> so. He, he turned back into Sam Darnold that we know. I mean, and, and I mean, it, it, I know I've had him on, on the list a number of times. It doesn't surprise me that he's, that he's here. Um, yeah, he's, he's a bum. And, and I think Carolina is, they need to move on from him, but yeah, this doesn't surprise me that, that he is, um, in the top five. I thought actually, I'm a, you know, what surprises me that I, I'm, I'm surprised he's not higher to be honest. I thought he would easily be top three, but yeah, it's, you're talking a quarter point. Yeah, wow, that that's how tight it was. So, which means that he 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 was number one once, but the next two guys were number one twice. Wow. Okay, well then that all makes sense. It's not by a lot. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to be on on this list right now. <laughs> number three, or I'm sorry, number four, and it's only because of playing longevity. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Like, like I'm basically going with a in the top five here. If you're tied and you played less games, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on you because that that means that in those little games you played, you were terrible. Yeah. Number four, Justin Fields. Yeah, this doesn't surprise me. I think he's a bust. Uh, Boston Fields, um, two and eight this year uh, when starting at quarterback for the Bears. I don't think he's the answer in Chicago. A lot of people are gonna blame Matt Nagy. I don't think that's that's completely necessary, but we'll find out in the future. But this year he didn't play well. Whether or not people want to admit it, whether or not Bears fans want to admit it, whether or not the Ohio State stands want to admit it, there. I mean, I got a guy I I know that that he always every day I see him. Oh, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, he's going to be great. You know, no, no, Justin Fields is a joke, and and I, I really think that that he's going to continue being on this list for the next year or two, depending on how long Chicago decides to play him. But uh, it it could depend on what what kind of coach he gets and what kind of guy uh, uh, winds up coaching him through the rest of his tenure. But yeah, I think Justin Fields is a bust. Um, I, I we refer, referred to him on here as Bustin Fields, 
Um, yeah, I, I, this doesn't surprise me that he's here given his two and eight record. I think he's an overrated bump and, and I, I think he's going to continue to wind up being on this list moving forward. Number three, Mike Glennon. You know, it, it's funny that Glennon winds up on this list because he played in a very limited capacity with the, the Giants this year. And anytime he played, he was terrible. Yeah, every time. Every and I, I do want to point out that Jake Fromm would have been number 11. Yeah, Jake Fromm played horrible. In, in, so, in, like, basically Giants quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, Giants quarterbacks were just a shit show. Uh. Jake Fromm only got a got a couple of starts this year, but I think I think every week that he came in, I've had him on my list. Am I wrong? Correct. But same with Mike Glennon. Yeah. But Mike, Mike Glennon's been number one twice. Yeah, yeah. Mike Glennon played horribly. The fact that he wound up number one twice in, in such a limited capacity, um the it doesn't I'm surprised as he he's as high as he is, but at the same time, it doesn't doesn't surprise me because he did play like absolute dog shit. So I I mean, yeah, yeah, Mike Glennon deserves to be here. Number two, and while he didn't make one, I'm still gonna throw it in your face because I've been absolutely one hundred ten thousand percent right. Number two, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Heineke, uh he you know, it was tough to to not be on the Heineke train after last year's playoff win or playoff matchup against the Bucks. Heineke has had some moments where, and I believe if I'm not mistaken there, he's had some moments where he has wound up in uh, the forgotten five or the, uh, yeah, the forgotten five. He, he's wound up in that situation. So, I mean, one time. Yeah. I, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and, and there's, he's wound up in the forgetful five more often than, than I would like to admit, but it doesn't surprise me that, that um, he's wound up, where he is now i mean especially late in the season this late in the season heineke has definitely not played well uh yeah not not uh not excited to admit it but you were right about uh old taylor heineke there uh he is not the the guy that i thought he was going to be number one as it stands so far as a guy i've been wrong about but i'm also <laughs> going to stick to the fact that it's a coaching situation it's a ownership situation it's the team is hot garbage situation but it doesn't matter number one is rookie zach wilson <laughs> you like zach wilson i still uh, do i i don't and and i i do think a lot of it is a a coaching and ownership situation but zach wilson to me i i wasn't sold on him completely the I was excited about him, but I wasn't because of the school that he came out of. Um, coming out of, I believe it was BYU, he got a lot of lot of excitement. He, you know, the the I think the Zach Wilson situation. I think he's a distraction to that team. Um, I think his his mother is a distraction to that team. Um, <clears throat> I just I think Zach Wilson. He's going to wind up being the bust of that draft. And and I think he's going to fall. It doesn't surprise me because his statistically he's been just a, an absolute shit show. Um, and and from a play standpoint with the Jets, he's been a shit show. Um, obviously, they wind up in the bottom of the draft. I think the idea that he's going to wind up being a franchise quarterback, I I, I think that's a long it's shot. It's looking bleak. <clears throat> yeah, 
I, 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 I think it's a long shot, but yeah, this doesn't say, you know, I'm, I'm surprised it's him. Uh, it would have been Taylor had it not been for week 18. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm surprised it's him, but at the same time, I'm not had, had Heineke to be honest with you, Heineke was about one interception away. <laughs> From 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 winning it because uh, in Heineke last week uh, he didn't have great numbers but he played mistake free football and and that's why that's why Heineke didn't wind up on the on the forgetful five is is uh, he played mistake free ball um, so I mean <clears throat> while his while his numbers weren't anything to write home about at the same time it was like oh okay well you know I can't I can't in good conscience take you know. Zach Wilson and say, oh, well, you, you played better than, than Heineke who played mistake-free ball when you're over here throwing three interceptions. So, I mean, I can't, I can't do that. But, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson, he winds up as our outside blitz LVP this year, the least valuable player. So that is our LVP. Now, Tyler, we have rookie rankings as well to jump into. So, um, I know we then, and we're about to name our rookie of the year. So I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, hit me with the these rookie rankings. So you'd think at this late in the year, it, it we'd be pretty fine tuned, and for the most part, we are. So instead of because neither of us did it outside looking in, we both did a top ten. That was it. Right. So we technically have an outside looking in, but what I did was. Um, what we have is an official top seven, which is there's only seven players were both on my top ten and your top ten. Wow, only seven. Wow. But we have a list of six players who got at least a top ten vote from one of us. Right. So here is thirteen through eight. These are guys that one of us viewed as a top ten player, but the other one did not. Okay. And I kind of ranked them just kind of based on how high they were on one. Sure. Uh, number 13, Najee Harris. Yeah, um, Najee, he <clears throat> he had a good year. It's not Number four in yards. Yep, yep. I, I, I think Najee had himself a, a really solid year. But one big thing I will say about, about Najee Harris, yeah, he did have the slow start. He was streaky. Yeah, very streaky type of guy. He still breaks a thousand. He got hot late in the season. I do believe that he is the guy in in Pittsburgh and and the guy and that a, and, and I I think of a, a, a future yard leader. Yeah, I I do think he can he can. Uh, he, he, he's he's only fifty nine yards from being second in the league. Right. Uh, <clears throat> he just. You know, like I said, he he was a streaky kind of guy. I I'm not entirely sold on um, Najee there, but you know, to me, I I think this is about where he needs to be and and where I expected him to be. I had him on my outside, I and real I had him on the outside, and I really didn't even have him on my outside looking in in a lot of these situations. He did show up on my list, I think maybe once. Uh, this season, once or twice, but you know, I didn't really have him. He wasn't higher than like eight, I think. So, <clears throat> even though he he did look good this year and he had a he had a, a solid year, um, top ten, I'm not so sure. Number twelve, Devontae Smith. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, he 
another guy where it's really not even anything about him having a uh, a bad year per se, as much as it is just, you know, he just, uh, um, guys, some guys play better. (laughs) Really, I mean, it's particularly the guys in the top 10. The guys in the top 10, a lot of them had some meteoric rises late. I think Smith wound up on my list one time this year uh, as far as like the top 10 goes. But ultimately, yeah, Devontae Smith. Um, Which is weird because you had him in your top 10 this week. Yep, this week he did move into my top 10. I think I've uh, had I, – I was surprised that you had him un- under Waddle or over Waddle despite Waddle being better in every statistical category. Well, the, the thing I had about Waddle, and, and Waddle was 10, but uh, one thing that, that I've, I've preached and I, I had to stick with it was availability. And um, Devontae Smith was available. And Jalen missed one game. Jalen Waddle wound up, he, he would have secured a spot, in my opinion. Jalen Waddle would have secured his spot had he wound up um, being available, you know, and and he wasn't available this week. So I, I, I couldn't in good conscience. I just don't feel like it's that close. I, I couldn't in good conscience punish uh, uh, Jalen Waddle or, or punish Devon yeah. Smith. In 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 the turn in the in the words of Tyler, Jalen Waddle had a three game advantage on, on Smith. Yeah, and Waddle Waddle did have himself a great year. Uh, thousand yards. What was that? Thousand yards, one of twenty five twenty six to do so. Yep, he had a great year. Um I just I moved Devontae Smith into my into my top ten and, and uh I thought he had himself a, a really solid year. So I, I rolled with Devontae Smith. Uh Waddle Waddle, like I said, he would have secured that number ten spot in my opinion had he been available. And Jalen Waddle's number eleven here because I had him in mind, but not yours. He had a great year, great year. But, um, broke the rookie receiving or the receptions record, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good year. I think he turned out to be the number one in Miami. I don't think there's any doubt. No. Um, anybody who doubted that that he was the number one guy over there, wrong. <laughs> he is most definitely the number one receiver there uh, in Miami. Uh, when Fuller went down, when Parker went down, he's the guy that stepped up. He had himself a solid, solid year. At one point, I had him up near like five or six, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he mm-hmm. and and he fell down a little bit um, late. He but fell completely off yours. He fell off of mine. Yep, but uh, he still had a great year, and he's going to wind up being one of the best receivers in the NFL at, uh, in soon enough here. And uh, I think him and Tua have a really good rapport. He's become a possession receiver as opposed to the big the big giant play receiver that everybody thought that he was going to be. Um, he turned out to be a reception guy. He, he's, he's a, a guy that's, that's making, you know, that Michael Thomas money, as I like to call it. So yeah, I, I like Jalen Waddle. I think he's going to wind up having a really, really solid NFL career. Number 10, Pete Werner. Who? Pete Werner, middle linebacker from the saints. I had him, I had him just, just on my list. Wow. <laughs> Uh, wow, I'm surprised. near the end here. He creeps I'm right in. He moves in to the list because we second, haven't second talked. round guy for the Saints. We haven't talked about him all season. I haven't talked about him all year long, and suddenly he winds up on. Our, but I, our no, I, I'll give you. I'll give you a moment to kind of get, gather your bearings here in this one. I get, grab all your stat sheets up. But Pete Werner, um, while a second round pick, has been a very consistent piece of this Saints defense. I'm just the second round pick wasn't he wasn't a very uh, sexy pick and and he's been kind of under the radar. Yeah, very under the radar. 
I, I've barely heard diddly shit about the guy all year long. Um, very good in run defense, as far as uh, <clears throat> from what I can tell. I haven't I haven't been able to do my research on the guy. Yeah, like, um, he's it, he's only been the starter for eight games, but he's appeared in fifteen of the seventeen, and 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 mostly in the later games. And he's been a very consistent piece of this team. I I and and I I I agree. He's on he's on the outside here, but he's he's been uh, quietly consistent, and I, I think he's going to be a big part of this future of this team. Yep, 79.6 overall grade on according to Pro Football Focus. Not very good with the pass rush or the coverage, but his run defense has been uh, really spot on as far as a 90.9 grade. Um, something something really to look at there. <clears throat> yeah, it's not I, very often I have the deep dive over you and on, on, on these scenarios. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, 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 this one caught me off guard, to be honest with you. I, I really haven't heard diddly shit about this guy all year long. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I'm I'm surprised that that you did uh, such a deep dive, but hey, you know, I, I Pete Warner winds up in the top ten. That that one took me off guard, especially of all the the usual suspects that that we're usually talking about. Um, wow, good on you for finding that one. <laughs> I, it, um, it, that that catches me off guard big time. Two more for the ones that only one of us had on the list. Number nine is going to be Panay Sewell. Yeah, I had Sewell as my number nine. Um, Sewell came alive late, and uh, I, I, I mean, it, it was it was a little rough. He he started really rough, and then he came alive late and and put up some really really solid grades uh, throughout the rest of the season. I think the Lions have their star offensive tackle there. You know, people, I, and do I think he outperformed uh, his counterpart, Rashawn Slater? No. Um, I don't think Sewell completely lived up to expectations with the Lions this year, but he still had a really, really good year. So I, well, I, Sewell, I think he, he lived up to expectations, but Rashawn Slater superseded expectations because yeah. in, in this last in 12 big, weeks of the season, Sewell's been great. Yeah, the the whole rest of the season, Sewell was great. At one point, he was the top graded offensive tackle in in all of football. Um, over the course of oh, there was that was a six game span, I think it was. He nobody could hold a candle to him, um, and and that's what really kind of took him took him over the top. So Panay Sewell being on this list does not surprise me in one bit. And last but not least, on the ones only one of us had number eight, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, he was a, another one that was kind of streaky. Early on, he he got hot, and then, like, around the middle of the season, he really tapered off in a big well, way. Well, the middle of the season is when he was good. Like, he started off really bad, then got good, then started kind of tapering again. Well, he, he tapered when Calvin Ridley went out the door. When Calvin Ridley decided he needed to to take, you know, his time and, and go address his mental health, and hopefully he'll come back soon, Um you know, Kyle Pitts became like the one and only guy that was really worth anything on that team that they had to cover. And then Cordero Patterson kind of came alive and, and took a little bit of that load off of Pitts. But he had a major lull. And Pitts wound up falling off my list completely at one point. Um, and then he came back, roaring back over the course of the last few weeks. And, and um, yeah, Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's 1,000-yard uh, tight end this year. Uh, first rookie to do it, if I'm not mistaken. And and he winds up uh, looking really good and and like a key cog to that Atlanta that led Atlanta offense moving forward. I like Kyle Pitts a lot. Uh, I don't. Not think, a, he's not a touchdown guy. 
No, I, I don't think he's lived up to the expectations that everybody gave him moving into the draft. Oh, by, not by a long. People no. expected him to be like a 1,400-yard um, tight end with 12 touchdowns. and Yeah, you know. everybody made him out to be some sort of super athlete, and I, I just don't think that's the case. But Kyle Pitts has been a, a very, very uh, solid tight end, and I think when they get him the help that, that he needs to take some of that pressure off, Kyle Pitts is going to have a Tony Gonzalez type of career. Um, but they, they're going to have to get him guys that can you know, take that pressure off. I think Calvin Ridley is one of those guys when he comes back and he's in the right headspace. You know, you, we could be talking about Kyle Pitts again as, as, you know, hey, he's a stud tight end. But people gave him a lot of, um, uh, you know, way too much notoriety, I think. I, I, I still I think he went to what, number four, or number three overall. I, I, I just I don't see that for him. I, I think Atlanta reached big time as far as, as, you know, reaching on a tight end goes. But, yeah, I mean, he's had a good, a real good season. And, and he'll be a key cog to that Atlanta offense if they get him the proper help. All right, going to the top seven. Every player from here on out got, got a top ten vote from one of us. Yep. Number seven, Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. Um, arm strength is a question, but uh, beyond that, Mac Jones has had himself a great, great year. He plays well in that that Belichick system. He plays very much like Tom Brady, uh, the that quick pass type deal that that he's been and basically executing to perfection all season long. Um, like I said, arm strength is an issue here. I don't know that that. Mac Jones has the arm strength to be the the stud that everybody wants him to be. Um, he's got to hit the weight room a little bit to start building up that arm strength. But yeah, this is this is great. Mac Jones, he he's going to wind up being a uh, a stud moving forward. Number six, Nate Hobbs. Mister Consistency uh, across the board, he's been good. Uh, and, and and DUIs aside. Uh, Nate Hobbs uh came out of nowhere. He's he's this was this guy became my deep dive guy because you know like nobody was looking at him. At one point he was the number 6 graded corner in all the NFL. And I, I think that says something for a rookie that that nobody was looking at, nobody was thinking about. He was a slot corner that moved to the outside and and he's covered extremely well for the Raiders. I think the Raiders do have their number 1 corner in Nate Hobbs. He's been so consistent in, in, you know, coverage and in uh, pass rushing and in uh, run support and just an outstanding player. So I think the, the Raiders did get a steal here. They hit on a, a mid-round guy like Nate Hobbs, and, and they found themselves a number one corner in him. So as long as he keeps playing the way he's playing, they've got a stud corner. Number five, Jamar Chase. You know, we were looking, I think the NFL consensus is that this guy is going to be considered by and far the NFL MVP. NFL offensive rookie. Rookie of the year, rather. They're going to look at him as the rookie of the year, as just all around rookie of the year. And he had such a nasty, like, five-game lull where, I mean, he was putting up 30 yards and 25 yards and and it just didn't look good and then he came on hot late and and really built himself back up but it was kind of too little too late to put himself back in that 
that uh, number one position. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he. this is about where he, he needs to be, given the guys that I think are in the top four. But, um, yeah, tomorrow. Because one thing here, even even with the law, though, for, for players with over 80 targets or over 100 targets, uh, he ranks second in the league in uh, yards per per reception. Right. And and he's he's a a solid receiver. He's he really is. He's going to have a great career in the NFL. I think him and Joe Burrow have just wonderful chemistry. And and he he turned it up this year in a big way. Um, that lull would have had that not happened, and had he been like consistently good throughout that five game six game stretch, um, we we'd be having a different conversation because there's no doubt he would have been sitting at the number one spot for sure. Yeah, and and I say this in an honest way because we don't because there's a lot of the future that's unknown. But right now, I would say that Chase is probably has the odds slightly in his favor to to be the better of the two LSU receivers, and, I, and, I, and I, specifically, I mentioned Jefferson only because of a potential quarterback unknownness for the Vikings. Yeah, I agree with that, um, and and. Really, but I, I still think the two of them are going to have glory. You're, you're talking two of the best bang, bang, back-to-back college receivers that any school's really ever had. Right. And and that's what I think it's going to be. I think I think both these guys are going to have just outstanding careers. It's it's not going to be a situation where, you know, oh, you had a couple of good years. and you're, No, no, no. These guys are going to have outstanding careers. We're talking 10, 11, 12-year careers. Oh, yeah, they got a long way to go. And I think these guys are the future of the NFL at the receiving position. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Number four. Sean Slater. You know, I, I had him really high this year and I've been high on him since he got drafted. I wanted the Vikings to, to snatch him up so bad. Such a good offensive tackle. He's done so well protecting uh, uh, Justin Herbert's blind side. I had him at number two on my list. Um, he's just been out, just outstanding. Uh, had he fallen to the Vikings, I would have been ecstatic. He can play anywhere on the line. He's just been so good, so good. He's he's the best offensive tackle out of this draft. I said it when he got drafted that he was going to be better than Sewell. Turned out to be right. Um, yeah, I, I'm really big on Rashawn Slater, and and the Chargers got their like. Basically, their their cornerstone piece to to make sure that Justin Herbert is well taken care of over there. So yeah, I I, I would have had him high. I did have him higher than four. Um, I had him at two, but yeah, I like Rashawn Slater. The, the top five was messy. Yeah, yeah, but I I think he definitely which, and you, which you know that in your own top five, it, it it was messy. Yeah, he deserves to be in the top five though, hands down, no doubt about it. Um, number three, and while I said it's messy, is the only player that me and you rate the same spot. Yeah. And, and it's convenient that he ends up in that same spot, too, that we both put him at. Mm-hmm. Number three, Javon Holland. I like Javon Holland so much. and we Miami been... wins the draft. At yeah. least after one year. Yeah, he had he had a great uh, year this year, and he winds up being the the – um, the guy who, who basically, uh, uh, 
takes the place of Minka Fitzpatrick and and turns that secondary in Miami around. I think Javon Holland, if he continues, he reminds me so much of Harrison Smith. I don't know why, but the way he plays, he reminds me of Harrison Smith. I just, I love the way he plays. I think he's so good. Miami's got a stud safety there. He's going to wind up being just incredible throughout his entire career, I think. I think next year we're going to be having a conversation still about how good Javon Holland is and how the Miami defense wound up with a stud in their secondary. So, yeah, this was a, a really solid pick. This guy was a second rounder. I like Javon Holland a lot. It, 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 he, he would be higher on the list, I think. I think we'd be talking about him in that one or two spot had he really came on the whole season because he had a slow start. And then, you know, when, once he found his groove, man, he never lost it. So, yeah, this he's a, a star. So, yeah, I, I, I think he definitely deserves to be in the top three, no doubt. Number two, Micah Parsons. Yeah, um, I know you've you've had him at one. Um, I've had him actually below Holland and Slater. Uh, Parsons had a great year. Uh, I'm not entirely sold on Parsons outside of um, – Outside of of uh, you know his pass rushing ability, and to his credit, I'll I'll give it to him. His coverage has gotten better um, over the course of the last couple of weeks. But I I, I still do think that he's sort of a one trick pony kind of guy. Um, had his coverage started getting on the rise a little earlier, and I think his and really if if he was doing what he did late in the season as far as his like coverage goes. Or if he if he improved his his uh, run stopping game there, we'd be having a different conversation. Um, but I think he was kind of a one trick pony throughout the season. I know that's his niche. I know that's going to be your argument. I just I look at him and I say, eh, I don't know that he's number one. I like him. I think he's going to be a great player in this league. I think he's going to wind up being LT caliber, but I don't think that he is as good as uh, the guy we're about to be talking about here. And number one, the guy we've talked about all season, much, uh, uh, I mean, a lot we have with a lot of these players, but number one for the, for the rookie rankings for the, the outside blitz is Creed Humphrey. Yeah, our offensive, our, our rookie of the year for, for uh, this year, Creed Humphrey. Um, he's just been a beast. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, Kansas City gets a steal here. The 63rd overall pick, second rounder. He walks away in this one as our uh, offensive rookie of the year, 91.4 PFF grade. Um, he graded out higher. He's the highest, not only is he the highest graded rookie uh, center, but he's the highest graded in his position. He's the highest graded center in all of football. So I think that really says something about Creed Humphrey and, and how good he is. I mean, they, they've got their their key guy that that is a like I said a cornerstone piece the Chiefs offensive line was was a dumpster fire moving into the Super Bowl last year and they were a dumpster fire moving into the season or moving into the draft and they found two great guys in Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith Trey Smith fell off um, a little bit late in the season but he still wound up grading out decently I think Trey Smith had like a 72.4 so to his credit um, he wound up really really good but Creed Humphrey man this guy is a stud, and and I, I wasn't big on him going into the draft, and boy did he shut me up, and I, I man, 
just a, a, a great player. Great, great player. I like him a lot. This guy is going to wind up being um, one, one of the best offensive linemen, in my opinion, if he keeps playing this way, one of the best O-linemen of all time. We, we could be talking about Creed Humphrey as, as a Hall of Famer. I, I, I'll go as far as saying that this kid, I think. You absolutely could. I, I think he's going to have a bust in Canton. I really do. I think he's that good. So our, our, our rookie of the year this year, Creed Humphrey, the center from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, good on him getting it done uh, this season. And uh, hopefully he continues on this trajectory. So that is our rookie rankings for the 2021 season. And uh, Tyler, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got some news around the league. We've got coaching carousel stuff. We've got uh, uh, injuries and signings. Believe it or not, this late in the year, signings, we even got an extension. Crazy. So we're going to be right back, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to Outside Blitz I'm your host, Tyler Dean Hooray! For the last show before playoffs really get underway, because after today, as it stands right now, it's it's noon on Saturday, and I'm I'm his co-host, the the uh, fabulous Scotty Freytown. But right now it's Who? so it's noon on uh, the Saturday of su, 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 Super Wild Card Weekend. No, you, you gotta you gotta whisper the super. Oops. Wild card weekend, and uh, we're, we're very excited about it. We're about four hours away from game time, four and a half hours away from game time, so we're we're fired up for that. Um, and so, Tyler, we got some news around the league we got to jump into, and then we got our predictions to jump into. Uh, I, I'm I'm totally excited. Uh, one thing I'm going to jump into as far as that goes, as far as news around the league. The NFL draft, it's one of our favorite days of the year. Um, It's one of my favorites. I get excited about it. We do our draft boards, three-round draft boards, and we all get fired up. And and, uh, this year we're going to be taking actually a trip for the the NFL draft, which is something entirely different. We, you know, usually I'm just sitting at home with my beer in my hand. This year we'll be going north up to Traverse City and joining 
uh, Alex Steele, Andrew Steele, and uh, Ray Collins. Uh, we're all of us are going to be all of our us outside blitzers are going to be up there. So I'm very very excited about the NFL draft. Going to be having a great time, and uh, you know. The the uh, the declarations have been coming in over the course of the last few weeks, but this last week was a, a huge one. We had a lot of Georgia and Alabama players declare for the draft. We also had some Ole Miss, UCLA, uh, Michigan guys. I'm just going to run down that list of guys. Uh, we're we're gonna and and there's two that I'm really excited about, uh, maybe three. But uh, we're, we're going to run down that list. So first of all, I'm going to I want to talk about this guy a little bit just for a, a brief second. Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams. He did declare for the draft. Um, he did tear his ACL in the national championship game. How much do you think that affects his draft stock moving into this? Oh, big time, big time. And yeah. Right now, I mean, anyone playing that game on either side of it's going to be looked at pretty heavily. Yeah, I think so too. And and Jamison Williams, I, I but one thing I do want to point out about Jamison Williams is that the moment that he went down was the moment that Bryce Young seemed to did not be able to get anything done. So I it makes me wonder about Bryce Young moving into the twenty three draft. I got questions about him now all of a sudden. So that is a thing. Another guy out of Alabama that declared offensive tackle, Evan Neal. He declared for the draft. Evan Neal right now, we've been look, talking about him. Nobody's been talking about him as a top uh, uh, guy as far as the, the draft goes, as far as being top three. Everybody, all, all the talk's been about Kayvon Thibodeau. All, the, all the, um, the, the talk has been about you know Aiden Hutchinson. Evan Neal, in a lot of these mock drafts, has been mocked as a number one overall pick. Do you believe Evan Neal, Evan Neal could go number one here? It's possible. I don't see it. I I see him going more three. That's what I'm thinking. But I I mean, a lot of people are starting to predict Evan Neal going number one overall. If that becomes a thing, you could see some interesting things happen. And to be perfectly honest with you, if the Lions pass on Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't really care if Aiden Hutchinson is a hometown boy. If they pass on Kayvon Thibodeau, I, I think the Lions are going to need to reconsider their front office. Um, other guys that have declared, uh, Georgia running back, Zamir White, he declared for the draft. I think he's going to be a stud moving into this year's draft. Pretty excited about him. Uh, another, uh, more Alabama wide receivers, Slade Bolden, and the bigger one, John Mechie, declared for the draft. I like John Mechie a lot. I think he's going to wind up being an absolute stud coming out of this one. Mark my words, I think he's going to be bigger than Williams. Uh, Alabama offensive lineman Fedarian Mathis declared for the draft as well. Georgia linebacker Nicobe Dean. That guy is going to be really great for somebody. He's a very good linebacker. I like him a lot. Uh, Georgia defensive lineman Trayvon Walker also declared. I like him a lot. Uh, Florida corner Kair Elam. He's been projected to go somewhere in the teens in the first round. Very good corner. A lot of people have been talking about him. Nobody knew if he was going to declare or not. He officially declares for the draft, so he'll be in there. Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter has declared for the draft. Everybody is excited uh, for Desmond Ritter. I don't know that Ritter's going to wind up being a first-round guy. I think he's going to be close to the third or fourth round. He's going to be a mid-round guy. But keep an eye on Desmond Ritter. This could be a guy that winds up as a starter in the NFL with the proper development. I really believe that. Um, he's. I don't believe that that he's uh, uh, 
I think he's perceived a lot better than a guy like Kellen Mond was going in the third round. I do believe Desmond Ritter could wind up being a stud. Uh, Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy declared for the NFL draft. Brock Purdy's going to be a late day three guy, but again, keep an eye on this guy. He could wind up developing into a stud over time. Uh, Georgia running back James Cook declared for the draft. A lot of Georgia running backs coming out in this draft. Um, This is going to be an exciting time for the SEC, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Ole Miss receiver Braylon Sanders declared for the draft. Cincinnati tight end Josh Weil also declares. Uh, UCLA offensive tackle Sean Ryan declares for the draft. Another exciting player. He's going to be really good. Michigan offensive guard Andrew Stuber declares for the draft. LSU offensive guard Chasen Hines, he declared. Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd, keep an eye on him. Somebody's going to get a stud linebacker in that situation. Old Miss inside linebacker Chance Campbell. There's another one, another stud. Uh, Alabama off- or I'm sorry, outside linebacker Christopher Allen. He signs with Priority Sports and Entertainment. That indicates he's de- going to be declaring for the NFL draft. The Clemson corner Andrew Booth declared for the draft. Everybody should be talking about Andrew Booth a little bit more. I think he's going to wind up being a star in that first round. And Alabama running back Brian Robinson declared. So lots of guys declaring for this draft, big-name guys. I know this this is a weak quarterback class, Tyler, but I really believe at a lot of the other positions it completely makes up for it, especially on the defensive side of the football. And some of these running backs that are coming out are really going to be stars in this league, don't you? I really do. Quarterbacks are weak, but I think there's a lot of other skill positions that are going to make up for it. Yeah, particular. I believe this is like more of a wide receiver running back draft, right? 100%. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. So um, now we've got some some news around the league. I want to jump into some of this playoff talk, first of all. let's. Well, you know what? Let's jump into the, the head coaching carousel. Uh, we, we had some head coaching firings, um, some coordinator firings, some GM firings and, st- and retirements and whatever the case. So we're going to jump right into that. Uh, first and foremost, Steelers GM Kevin Colbert is ex- expected to step down after the 22 NFL draft. I, You know, I'm a little surprised, but he is older. The Steelers notoriously have drafted pretty well. And they have. I'm a little surprised that this guy's going to be stepping down. I think it's going to be a very uh, rough go for the Steelers moving forward. They're going to be in, on, you know, on the prowl for a new GM. Uh, how badly do you think that that the Steelers are going to be feeling without this guy on their staff, Tyler? Uh, quite a, he's been a very consistent piece of this team, so I, I think it's going to hit pretty hard for them. Yeah, yeah, he's been responsible for drafting some great players over the course of the last several years, um, and, and most notably recently, Najee Harris. So uh, I, I think that's going to be a, a tough one for them uh, moving forward. Um, We also had a GM retire, Giants GM Dave Gettleman retires. Um, I think he he sort of retired in lieu of being fired, don't you? Yeah, I I do, especially after uh, Joe Judge gets gets fired um, days after Black Monday. Yeah, Joe Judge also got fired after two seasons. The Giants got rid of him. So they are now on the hunt for a new GM and head coach. No surprise Joe Judge got fired. He was act, walking around acting though it was business as usual. Um, but, yeah, I Joe Judge getting fired, no surprise. 
they're out on the prowl for a new head coach and GM combination. Um, more guys getting fired. So this one is kind of interesting. So the Dolphins go out and fire head coach Brian Flores after two seasons. Um, two winning seasons. Yep, two winning seasons. Uh, a lot of people are citing issues he had with with players as far as, you know, having a, um, you know, a, a bad, bad uh, rapport with them. But then also with the GM, they didn't get along very well. Flores gets shown the door. The Texans go out and fire their head coach, David Culley, after just one season. And so, first of all, let me start with the David Culley thing. And, when, and the Texans have recently, have since, interviewed Brian Flores for the head coaching job. just Immediately. One day, yeah, just one day after firing David Culley. So, let me just say this. First and foremost, I think the Texans are a trash-ass organization. I think the ownership there is is almost on par with being as bad as Dan Snyder um, with Washington. And the the Texans organization, they, they're shady. I thought the way that they handled this deal with David Culley was shady. They signed him to a five-year deal, but they only guaranteed two years. And they basically told him in the interview process that they intended to fire him uh, within the first season or two. I mean, it's just a, a shit show. I think David Coley was was dealt a really bad hand. And I think he he realized that this was probably going to be his only shot at being a head coach in this league. And and they really just treated him like absolute garbage. I feel bad for Dave Coley in this situation. Um, and then now the Texans are interviewing Brian Flores. A lot of this, I think, has to do with Deshaun Watson here. I think Deshaun Watson is is in a position where he does not want to play for the Texans, and I think the ownership realized that. Watson, but he, he wanted to go to the Dolphins. He wanted to go to the Dolphins, and I think a lot of that had to do with Brian Flores. I, this might be a power play to keep Watson. I do. I do think that's the case. I think it's a, a power play to keep Watson, and if that happens— and if Deshaun Watson winds up playing for the Houston Texans this upcoming season, I'm going to just, you know, kind of give the wink nudge. Watch how fast these legal troubles disappear. Watch how quickly all of these cases get either A, dismissed, or B, they wind up getting settled. I, I have this really, really strange feeling. I think the Houston Texans ownership really wants to keep Deshaun Watson and they want to get him back on the field. And I think that they they believe Brian Flores is the guy to do that. Um, and so. I think they're right on that. But the 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 instant hire the instant interviewing of Brian Flores reminds me of like give me a team with a coach that didn't get fired, but but it's they're damn close. Like right. Uh, um, I don't know, Dan Campbell. I, I don't know about Dan Campbell. Yeah, it's probably not fair. Pete, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Well, that's almost not fair either because Pete Carroll's a great coach, but we'll, we'll use an example. Like, If for some reason Ravens let Harbaugh go tomorrow, I could see five coaches going instant fire, interview John Harbaugh tomorrow. Right. And the fact that Flores got fired when he shouldn't have been right. feels like that in Houston. I do see that, but like, I also— Colley never got a fair shake. But right. Flores has done very well with a quarterback that me and you both did not like. Right. And well, I, I, I actually did like Davis Mills. Um, out of coming, no, I'm, out, I'm I'm talking Tua. Oh, out of Tua, yeah. I mean, well, Flores oh, has done very well with a quarterback me and you hated. 
Yeah, we we hated we hated Tua, and Tua actually did did quite well. And I guess that that was part of the reason why why Flores got let go is because him and Tua were not getting along. Um, but we're and and even though Flores has come it came out on several occasions saying you know Tua is our quarterback and you know really supported him. You know, to me, I I just I think Flores is going to be a better fit with Houston. And I think that they believe that Houston is Houston believes that they're going to be able to get Watson back on the field. I think that's the big the big key here. But you know, it, I, I thought this was shady ownership. To be honest with you, I thought it was just shady as all hell. I didn't like it, um, and it, and it really it's kind of par for the course for the the Houston organization. I, I I really do believe that ownership group is a dumpster fire. I'm not completely sold on them. This was just a shit show. So yeah, I mean, we're 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 probably going to see Brian Flores as the head coach in Houston pretty soon. Here, I I think he's going to be a a pretty quick hire um, coming forward. Uh, don't you? I do. I really do. Yeah. And uh, next up, the Broncos they fire head coach Vic Fangio after three seasons. Uh, you know, sort of a surprise, but not really. Uh, Fangio, you know, as a as a defensive guy, I mean. I would love to see him as a defensive coordinator somewhere. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I think, I think he'd still do very well. I would take Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator in a heartbeat. I really would. I think he, he's going to be uh, rock solid. Um, the Viking, or I'm sorry, the Lions, rather, they go out and fire offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn after one season. Do you think the Lions' woes really fall on the offensive coordinator in this situation? I feel like the OC really wasn't, the problem here no i i don't think it was on him but on the other side though from the moment that campbell relieved him of play calling duties they started playing better yeah that's fair that is fair so i mean he could be the problem there i mean maybe he just wasn't a fit i do like anthony lynn i do think he's a good offensive-minded coach um and and like i said i maybe he's just not the fit with detroit but i i don't know I I think he's going to land somewhere, and he's going to be a good OC somewhere. Um, if it's not in Detroit, but he, he'll wind up being a good OC somewhere. Um, also, the Chargers fire special teams coordinator Darius Swinton after the kicking was associated with the team maintaining uh, Tristan Viscano over Michael Badgley in the offseason and uh, problems in the punt return game. You know, is that the squeaky wheel that needed the grease with the Chargers, the special teams coordinator? I don't know. I, Chargers did pretty well this year. I think they they need some roster additions. I don't think coaching was the issue here. Yeah, I don't think the coaching was the issue there. I, I, I do agree with the fact that they shouldn't have let go of Michael Badgley. I, I thought that was a really bad idea. Badgley was, was decent last year. He wasn't tremendous, but he was decent. I wouldn't have let go of Badgley. Um, he actually performed extremely well uh, when after leaving the team. So, I, I mean... I don't know. I, I like Michael Badgley a lot. They they had some special teams issues there with with the Chargers, um, but yeah, I I I, eh, I don't know that that was the the proper decision to make. I, I don't think that that was that was it. I don't think that's the squeaky wheel that needed the grease there. Um, the Colts, uh, after getting eliminated from the the playoffs, uh, first of all, the Colts owner owner Jim Irsay he had a meeting with Frank Reich. Head coach Frank Reich and the uh, the GM Chris Ballard after they lost and uh, 
man, oh man, it was like a come to Jesus meeting. How big of a hot seat do you think Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are on right now? Uh, I don't, the whole Colts thing is so interesting. We, we, we talked about it earlier with the game. Everyone's so divided in how they feel on it. Right. I just, and, I, I don't know. I, I'm just. You eh. can't put it on Frank Reich. I don't know that you can't because he is the head coach after all. Yeah, but the, the, the team did, like, I saw the memes. Like, like the, the Colts went from the team you don't want to see the playoffs to the team that won't be in the playoffs. Right. The Colts were, like, the most dangerous AFC team there for a while. And, and they had such a shit show hard schedule. Yeah, they did. Like, early on, like, it wasn't their fault. Like, if they, if they went two wins in the first six, that was them overperforming. I don't think a lot of it has to do, uh, you know, like they had a really good run. I think the big problem is, is the way that, that it ended. I think, I think that's the problem because you had to beat the Jags to get in. And that was it. That's all you had to do is beat a really shitty Jags team who has the number one pick in the entire NFL draft. You had to beat the worst team in football to get in the playoffs and you didn't do it. And you lost in a horrific way. I think that's what this has more to do with than anything, don't you? Yeah, I that I agree with. Right. And, but I still and stand by it's a very complicated and um, dynamic. Yeah, I think right now the seats are very hot for for Ballard and Wright, but but Ballard did come out on. Uh, on the QB situation, and he said, I'm not going to comment on who's going to be here next year uh, when they asked about whether or not Carson Wentz was going to be the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to see, uh, but I, it sounds to me a lot like the Colts are going to be dipping back into that, uh, that quarterback pool to try and, be, try and pull a, uh, a new quarterback. I don't think they're entirely sold on Carson Wentz. And uh, hey, Colts, if you want to give the old Vikings a call and take uh, Kirk Cousins off our hands. I'd be ecstatic. Um, next up, you got the Bears. They fire GM Ryan Pace after seven seasons, and they fire Matt Nagy after four seasons. You know how the mighty fall. Matt Nagy, he won the head coaching, uh, er, the, the coach of the year award um, not too long ago. It seemed like just yesterday they were in the playoffs, and and now they are just a dumpster fire. Uh, Ryan Pace has been kind of a mess at GM. I mean, he's the guy responsible for the Trubisky debacle. Um, what, what do you make of this? I, I mean, to me, I, I think this was the right move for the Chicago Bears. I think they they absolutely hit a home run on it. I, Yeah, they probably did. I, I feel like Nagy got lucky enough to his team. Because let's be honest, because people are hanging on to the fact that they made the playoffs last year. They backed their ass into the playoffs. Yeah. In every facet of the word. Like, they lost week 17, and then they needed, like, three or four things to happen, and those things happened. And right. they win the playoffs, and then just got shellacked, as everyone predicted. Yep, absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was the right move for the Bears. And, uh, yeah, I, I just – I think it was the right call. And and I think that they they did the right thing. Um, th this was this was a no brainer in my opinion. I think Matt Nagy he had a really solid first year, uh, his little trick plays and stuff like that. 
I, I mean, it was it was uh, uh, something to behold. But since then, it's been a a downward spiral for the Bears, and they haven't been able to get out of it. I think they've got a good number one receiver over there in Darnell Mooney. But I mean, outside of that, yeah. I, 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 and then they've got some good running backs, but uh, they're going to need a lot of work on that team. They're about to have a lot of really good players going out the door. So uh, this is going to be, this is going to be an exciting thing. Um, next up the, my boys, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, they go out and fire GM Rick Spielman after 14 seasons. They fire head coach Mike Zimmer after eight. <clears throat> uh, Zimmer was not a surprise to me. Rick Spielman was the surprise. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be fired. If they, if anything, I thought they were going to, they were either going to retain him as a general manager, or they were going to move him to a. They were going to give him the Elway treatment. You know, oh, you're getting a promotion just because we don't want you in that general manager spot. And here we are, Rick Spielman, shit can. It was it was a surprise, um, but I'm not entirely upset about it. I think Rick Spielman had a really decent 14 year run, but there were there were. Uh, um, there were issues there uh, as far as his his uh, draft picks. He missed on a, quite a few draft picks. Uh, it just, it was time. It was time. Um, one thing I do want to touch on, and, and it, it bothered me, and I'm going to really uh, uh, point it out, but there was a letter that was written by um, Mike Zimmer's daughter after this whole situation and I want to touch on this because it it bothered me a lot uh the way things were worded and and what was said and and I just I was not a fan and she she writes a letter and and I get it she you know uh she's being Corey Zimmer she's being supportive of her father I understand that but here's the part where I got angry and it was right at the end to, she she says this, she says, for the last eight years, you know, I watched my dad work his ass off and I'm really proud of him and great. The last paragraph reads, and I quote, to the quote unquote fans that called my dad to be for my dad to be fired. This man dealt with some tough shit and brought this team to some of the most memorable moments in franchise history. This man is one of the greatest to ever coach the game. He almost lost an eye for this team. It amazes me that you can overlook all that he's done and all that he's had to deal with. And while you can hire another coach, you will not find a better one. I promise you that. So, first and foremost, your dad sucked the last two years. I'm going to be very clear about that. He was a defensive coordinator that had two of the worst defenses in the fucking league. So, I don't want to hear it. That's number one. Number two, your dad almost lost an eye for the organization because the organization was telling your fucking dad to go the fuck home after he had a, an eye issue. And he decided, he decided that he was going to stand there and watch tape in, in spite of the organization telling him, go home, Mike. So I don't want to hear that shit. Do I admire the fact that he had, had the, the you know, willpower to try and continue on? Hey, good for him. But at the same time, uh uh-uh. uh, don't sit there and, and try and pin that on the organization and or anybody else. Um, is he one of the greatest to ever coach the game? Obviously, that's debatable. Is he a good defensive coordinator? I think so. I think that he the last two seasons he's been a shit defensive coordinator. 
Um, and I think he's, it, it was nepotism at its finest. I think he's not a good head coach. He's not a good communicator. And I think he's, he's a dinosaur that's kind of caught up in the old way of doing things. Did he bring memorable moments to the team? Absolutely. Obviously, the Minneapolis Miracle is one of my favorite moments, and it's one of the the greatest moments in the history of the Vikings. And, and in my opinion, it's the greatest game in the history, or play in the history of the game. And and obviously, a playoff win over the Saints in in 2019. Kyle Rudolph catching the pass in the corner of the end zone. Great. I'm I love both of those moments. They were wonderful moments, and I appreciated those moments. But this is a business. And what have you done for me lately is a thing. And just because he brought memorable moments doesn't mean that Mike Zimmer only made, doesn't change the fact that Mike Zimmer only made the playoffs three times in an eight year span. Okay. It doesn't change that. It doesn't change that Mike Zimmer clearly hates rookie players and likes to leave guys like the consensus number one college ranked uh, offensive lineman in Wyatt Davis on the fucking sidelines because he's a rookie and he just fucking hates rookies. You know, so so let me just, and it doesn't change the fact that he put fucking Justin Jefferson on the goddamn sidelines for his first three games in favor of Ola B.C. Johnson. So clearly, Mike Zimmer just hates young players, and then he had the, the, the gall and the audacity to say the shit he said about Kellen Mond and didn't even give the poor kid a shot. So... Cut me a fucking break there. But my the biggest thing that really pissed me off and really grinds my gears is the fact that she had the audacity to question people's fandom. The fandom of the, the Vikings faithful. The people that have been watching this team, apparently we aren't real fans because we didn't support your father. And then this bitch has the audacity to go on her, her Twitter and her, her Instagram and remove the line that she had up there that said world's biggest Vikings fan on there. And she unfollows everything's Vikings related. So first of all, who's the fucking real fan? We'll start there, but that's just me being petty. But for you to go and question, not that I should have to fucking prove anything to Corey fucking Zimmer, but let me just be clear. I've been watching this team for 27 years, 27 years of my life. And you have the gall. To question my fandom? Really? You don't know shit about this fucking football team. You know nothing. So shut the fuck up and go back to your old man's fucking $6 million mansion that he has with his model girlfriend and get the fuck away from my football team because it's people like you that don't deserve to be a part of this organization, and it's people like you that need to stay the fuck away from the NFL because clearly you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And I feel better now. So <laughs> Mike Zimmer, good riddance. Thank God that that is mercifully over with. Um, but the Vikings did go out and they they interviewed Doug Peterson for the head coaching position. Tyler, what do you think about Doug Peterson with the Minnesota Vikings? I think this would be a great fit. I I think it'd be a great fit. It's the, it's the one they should go with. It. But what remains to be seen is if they will do that because they have announced a slew of, of interviews. Yeah, they they have been interviewing coaches left and right. Uh, Dan Quinn's one of them now. <laughs> What, what were you laughing at? Dan Quinn's one of them. 
Dan Quinn has been talked about. They 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 have gone through. Uh, well, I have they interviewed Quinn. I don't think they have. He, it got it got, it got announced as, as an interview um, since we've been on the air. Yeah, I yeah. So they're they're interviewing Dan Quinn. Um, That's my vote. Shut up. <laughs> I hate you so much. That that's one of those poke the bear moments. That, no, uh, I'll admit that is. Yeah, they they've been talking to a number of uh, Doug Peterson's the move, either that or Kellen Moore, in my opinion. Uh, they they've been talking about Lane Kiffin. I I'm not sold on on Lane Kiffin. I don't understand why Lane Kiffin's even getting consideration from a lot of a lot of organizations within this league. Um, he is obviously a nut job, but on top of that, Lane Kiffin is the same guy that went four and twelve and five and eleven in his two seasons head coaching the Raiders. So I don't understand why in the hell anybody is talking about uh, Lane Kiffin. It just doesn't make sense to me. A lot of these guys that that they're in, I know you you want to leave no stone unturned, but please for the love of God. Um, and I'm surprised they haven't announced Jim Caldwell yet. So I I, I wouldn't mind Jim Caldwell with the Vikings. But yeah, Doug Peterson uh, he did get an interview. And then as far as G- general managers, you know they've been a little mum about it. Uh, one of the general managers that they were talking to was Catherine Rach of the Eagles. She's the vice president of football operations for the Eagles. She's 33 years old. You know, she's young. Um, I don't I don't really think that that. Uh, I don't think she's ready for that type of position, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I, I, I think she needs to work up her credentials just a little bit more. In my opinion, I understand she's the vice president of football operations, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sold on it. But Catherine Rage is getting getting talked to for that position. Um, they've got a, a few other candidates that they were to getting re- they were getting ready to talk to uh, the the boy for the from the Cowboys, but the the Cowboys re-signed him to a deal. So uh, yeah, the the general manager stuff is is underway. Teams searching for their their general managers and head coaches. Um, but now Tyler, we've got football news for the playoffs here. And we got some exciting stuff, and we've also got, you know, uh, uh, offers for teams that aren't in the playoffs. We'll start with those. The Washington football team, guard Brandon Schur, uh, he had an offer made by the by general manager Martin Mayhew for, for Washington. He has declined that offer. Um, he's set to test free agency unless uh, Washington can come up with a miracle. Brandon Schur, is he one of the hottest free agents out there right now? I, I think 100%. Yeah, I think he's one of the best guards in football, and uh, people should be looking at him. He's been tagged for the last two years. He was drafted back in 2015. They they definitely need to be uh, uh, looking at him uh, as as one of the top uh, prospects out out there right now. Um, the Bears are set to interview the, the Brian Flores, so we're going to be seeing the Bears interviewing Brian Flores in the coaching carousel that has emerged this morning. Um, Brown's general manager, Andrew Barry says he fully expect Baker Mayfield to be the starter of the Browns next season. And they expect him to bounce back. Is this a mistake or is this a, a, uh, a smart move by the Browns? I think they have to, I mean, they, they already announced, um, taking his fifth year option before this year. They, so they're, they're kind of stuck going through it, but they need to prepare for the worst and, and be ready. But because odds are. Baker's going to kill it next year. You think so? Yeah, because every other year he goes off. <laughs> yeah, Baker Mayfield. I, you know, 
they need to prepare for life after Baker just in case. But I, I do think that that is a, a, a thing they need to be considering right now. Um, I, I just Baker Mayfield, he's so hit or miss. And, and this year was a bad year for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sold on on the idea of Baker Mayfield returning, but hey, you know if they if they're happy with it, good on. I think he should. Yeah, it, not him long term. He could have a bounce back year, so we'll see. Well, like I mean, from from a Ravens fan perspective, sign him long term. Right. Give him as much money as he wants. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> uh, you just want you want to see Baker Mayfield just shit the bed every year, huh? Yes, I, I I want Baker to stay in Cleveland the same way I want John Harbaugh to stay in Michigan. <laughs> you mean Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Think of John. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So next up, the Broncos they've cleared their final legal hurdle to begin the process of transferring ownership of the team. They're likely um the likely sale of the franchise. It's valued at four billion dollars. Peyton Manning, weirdly enough, has emerged as a potential suitor. What do you make of this? I mean, uh, the Bron- how quickly do you think the uh, the Broncos sell this football team? I mean, the fact that they've gone through all these legal hurdles tells that they want to. I don't think Peyton Manning has the net worth to do it. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I mean, he, he could have a, uh, a slew of people to, to help he's, him. I, I, he, he doesn't have a lot of people to help him. I'm not, he's not even worth a quarter of what they're looking to sell that team for. I don't know, but he, is, he has emerged as a suitor for the team, which is interesting. But the final legal hurdle um, has been, has been uh, leaped over. So, I mean, here we are, Broncos for sale. So if anybody wants the Denver Broncos, go crazy. Uh, yeah, trust me, I'd love it if Peyton Manning did, though, because that's still my favorite quarterback of all time. And you you buy the team, and, and Peyton just goes, you know, John, you're fired. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, next up, the the Chiefs moving into playoff football. We're going we're gonna to start with some of these, these injuries, players getting signed, stuff like that. The Chiefs. Running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's ruled out for Sunday's game versus the Steelers with a shoulder injury. Also, they have running back Daryl Williams listed as questionable with a toe injury. Um, this, these are kind of big losses for the Chiefs, but I, I don't think they're going to have much, very much trouble with the Steelers. Do you? They are big losses in the sense that not, I mean, despite Hilaire not being great, not having a running game is a massive hit. Yeah, I agree. No matter who the running back is, it doesn't matter. No, I do want to point out the one guy I really do like, um, and and it, I really like Gore. I like Gore a lot over there, and and I think this is a great opportunity for him to show that he is the number one back over there because I really do believe that he could be the number one back. Don't you? And you might be right. I, I really do. I, I think this this is one of those opportunities where like it it finally happens where hey oh everybody's down I get to I get the opportunity to be the stud. I think that kid could be the stud running back for the Chiefs. I think it's too soon, but but he has shown these strides of greatness that you you could be right there. Yeah, I I think this is going to be the the game for him. So get ready to see it. And the Steelers' run defense has been notoriously bad. So get ready for Derek Gore. Um, next up for the Steelers on the other side, running back Najee Harris was a full participant in practice this week, but he's still listed as questionable for Sunday's game versus the Chiefs with an elbow injury. Um, but the Steelers have designated wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster to return from IR 
Uh, he practiced on Thursday. Huge boost for the Steelers getting Smith-Schuster. I think Najee still plays this this uh, Sunday, right? Najee plays Smith-Schuster as a non-factor. Yeah, you think so? I think he's been notoriously average over the last year and a half. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree wholeheartedly. Speaking of average wide receivers, Titans wide receiver Julio Jones says he's fully healthy. He's ready for the playoffs after that first round bye week happens. Um, do you think Julio Jones is going to have a factor or be a factor here for the the Titans? Negative factor, yes. <laughs> I do think it takes a little bit of of heat off of uh, maybe a little. And and keep in mind, like I'm speaking negatively, and one of my favorite receivers of all time, yeah. Julio's done. Yeah, I, I I do think he's toast. I I think he went to the wrong organization. But I, no, I don't think it matters. You you think he? he I, I I called it. I called it in the off season. Julio is going to have a significant regression and would promptly retire. I think that's what we're going to. Wow. Well, Julio, uh, he he will be back for the playoffs. I I I we'll see what he can he can you know pull out there. But we'll, we'll <laughs> it's going to be a make for an exciting time. Uh, the Patriots. Uh, their offensive tackle, Isaiah Wynn, is listed as out for Saturday's game, for, for today's game versus the Bills. Um, I think that's a big negative hit for the Patriots against a very, very tough Bills defense with a very good pass rush. Uh, how bad does this kill the Patriots? You know, I don't know. I feel like the Patriots have been on this weird, they got hot in the middle of the season, and the moment everyone started talking about them, they went back down to just being a playoff cusp team. Yeah, they died off a little bit. I agree. Um, I, I'm <clears throat> I'm not entirely sold on the Patriots. I think the Bills lay waste to them this week. That's my spoiler. But yeah, I think I think this is a big hit for them. Losing Isaiah Wynn. Um, he's he's a key cog to that offensive line, and and the Patriots are going to have to find some way to stop that Bills pass rush. It's going to be tough. Let's not forget Bills defense, number one in the league. We You can't sneeze at that. Um, speaking of the Bills, a former Bills receiver, John Brown, signs on with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They have a receiver shortage. I love this signing. I know he's probably going to be a non-factor this week, but I could see John Brown, you know, getting up to speed with Tom Brady and, and really kind of, be in that vertical threat. I think he's better than just about any other receiver outside of, you know, obviously Mike Evans that they have on that team currently. I don't think he's, I think he's better than, than Scotty Miller. I mean, all these no name guys that they have. I think John Brown's better than all of them. Don't you? I don't know. I think John Brown's kind of done. You know, I, I think he's done, but if I have the choice between Scotty Miller and John Brown, are you really going to take Scotty Miller? It's a wash to me. Really? It's really that, a wash. Oh God, I I just don't think John Brown's been given the proper opportunity. Um, and and, and you know, and you could be right. Maybe, maybe I'm just still salty on his time with Ravens. Yeah, I maybe I I mean I didn't even think about his time with the Ravens, but but I I like John Brown, and and he could be the the missing piece that the Bucks need to continue that trajectory upward. Um. You know, and as long as he gets the opportunity, I don't think he's going to get much of an opportunity this week. But next week, for sure, he's going to wind up getting a lot of looks 
a lot of people are going to be seeing what's John Brown doing. So yeah, we're we're going to be uh, seeing a little bit from him. Uh, also, the Bucks running back Ronald Jones has been ruled out for Sunday's game versus the Eagles with an ankle injury. Um, you know, as much of a hit as I want to say this is, I mean Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean I like him a lot, don't you? Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, I, I think Vaughn has himself a big game. Uh, this this could be a good opportunity for him you know, uh, uh, much like Gore over there in, in Kansas City. So that could be something uh, to really behold. Uh, over with the Eagles, running back Miles Sanders. He was a full participant in practice and is expected to play Sunday's game versus the Bucks. He's handling a full workload in spite of that hand injury that he suffered. And also the defensive end, Josh Sweat. He's listed as questionable for Sunday's game versus the Bucks due to an illness, but he's likely to play. It's good to see that they've got both these guys on the field. Do you really think Miles Sanders is gonna gonna be, you know, going full full tilt here in this game? He they're gonna try. I, I, if they're smart, they'll also utilize Boston Scott. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think Boston Scott should be more of a factor. They should be giving him more of a workload than they give Miles Sanders right now due to the injury to to Sanders' hand. But, it, but as streaky as Sanders is, he's one of the best streaky running backs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo admits that he's uncertain of his future with the team heading into a, the matchup versus the Cowboys. How big of a factor do you think that is going to be on the psyche of Jimmy Garoppolo heading to do a game against the Dallas Cowboys? You know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna default to a line that I usually view, view as a cop-out, but I think it's the truth here. He's a professional. He's, he's going to play through his season and, and, and play his best and, and try to get the job done. Do you think he's a 49er after this year? No. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. And, and uh, you know, I have questions about it. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys linebacker Keanu Neal was ruled out for Sunday's game versus the 49ers with chest and elbow injuries. It'll be good for him to get a week off with, with all that going on. Yeah, as long as they can win the game without him. Yeah, he was a safety that, that was converted into a linebacker. And, and you know, it, it might not have been the best choice as far as that goes uh as far as his durability goes obviously safeties aren't as big as linebackers he's kind of an undersized linebacker the way he plays he hits hard but I don't know if it was the smartest move for his career personally moving into linebacker seeing all the injuries that he sustained this year but um he'll be out in this game so he needs the week off anyway to recover I have a hunch they'll be moving him back to safety I think so too because as good as he is as a uh, safety who plays linebacker sometimes, he's, it's not correlated as being a full-time linebacker. Right, I agree. Um, also, Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons and offensive tackle Tyron Smith, they're set to return, for, return from the COVID reserve list, so they will be on the field this week. So that that's a obviously a big boost for a Cowboys team uh, heading into the playoffs and, and against a, a, uh, a 49ers team that, you know, that offense has been weirdly humming lately. I don't I don't know what in the hell is going on with that 49ers team, but everybody is looking at them as sleepers going into this week. So kind of an exciting thing. Do you think the Niners are sleepers? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, next up, you got the Cardinals. Running back James Conner, he missed practice on Thursday and Friday due to a rib injury. Uh, linebacker Isaiah Simmons, he missed Friday's practice due to personal reasons, but he is expected to play this week. 
And Cardinals defensive end J.J. Watt was very limited in his return to practice per Cliff Kingsbury. Um, Watt could play on Sunday, but that's still up in the air. Connor as well. Simmons is likely to play. Um, if J.J. Watt gets back on the field, how big of a, a boost is that for the Cardinals? It'll be, it'll be a pretty good help because the defense has been struggling. Yeah, I, some people think that J.J. Watt is washed. I, I mean, I know that Cardinals defense has been struggling recently. But I think J.J. Watt is going to give them a lot of help. And James Conner missing uh, practice due to the rib injury. If he doesn't play on Sunday, I think Chase Edmonds winds up, you know, just doing what he's been doing recently. He's gotten hot on the late, on the back half of the season, right? He has. He really has. Yeah, I, I think the Cardinals are going to wind up uh, having having a boost. But on the other side, the Rams. Safety Jordan Fuller, he's out for the rest of the season with an, an ankle injury. Uh, and their say other safety, Taylor Rapp, is still in concussion protocol. He could miss Sunday's game. Um, but they did sign former all – it's actually Monday's game, rather. But they did sign former all-pro safety Eric Weddle to return to the, the team for the playoffs. Uh, do you think this – do you think Eric Weddle still got it, or do you think this is just going to wind up being a mess? I think it'll be a good depth move. He's he's to me he's not going to have it in any shape to be any sort of starter or anything long. It'll be a couple of plays here and there. I think they're going to wind up starting because with Jordan Fuller out and Taylor Rapp potentially out. I, I mean it, Monday night. Uh, I mean they get the extra day, which good for them. They get the extra day. Obviously, you want Taylor Rapp back on the field, but I, I don't know that Taylor Rapp is going to be there. You know, so you may see Eric Weddle actually starting in 2021 at 37 years old. That could be a thing. That'd be insane. Yeah, after after a year off. So just a wild thing. But that is our news around the league. Tyler, we've got one more bit of business to jump into. Um, We do. And going into the playoffs, you're down six. I'm down six. Yeah, I, I took some unnecessary risks. Uh, but that that's what it is. Going into the playoffs, though, I'm down six. Uh, Tyler, it's Super Wild Card Weekend. Are you ready to give our predictions? I am, but I'm also throwing you a curveball. What's the curveball? I'm changing the, the, the policy going into the playoffs. What is the policy? For every game we predict. It's not going to have anything to do with the stats, but just to, for accountability, for every game, you must also add a bold prediction. Okay. I can do that. So uh, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. And here are your predictions for uh wild super, well, super wild card weekend. Yeah. And the, these, and these, and these uh, bold predictions will be fun because I, I promise you to, to, to everyone listening, this was not a predetermined thing. So we're going to be coming up. Cause I, I really just thought of this idea about, 10 seconds ago. Yep. Um, so we'll be, we'll be doing bold predictions like on the fly. So yep. you only have a couple of seconds really to think about what you want to do here. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be the Raiders and the Bengals today at 4.30 p.m. I am going to go ahead and say Bengals, and I am going to go as – I'm going I'm to do you one better. I'm going to make two in this game. I believe mm. that this game winds up being a three-point game. And I believe that T. Higgins will be the Bengals' leading receiver in this football game. T. Higgins. I mean, that's... T. 
bold, but he's also been very, very good this year. I'm going with the Bengals. I am also taking the Bengals. But I'm going to say that Joe Mixon rushes for 220 yards. Wow. God damn. We got to get... Where's the the bold prediction police here? Shit. 220 yards. Christ. That's bold. Especially against a Raiders offensive or defensive front that's been very good against the run. Next up, we got the Patriots and the Bills. I'm taking the Bills in this game. And I'm going to go ahead and say that Devin Singletary goes ahead and rushes for over 120 yards and two touchdowns in this game against the Patriots. Oh, I like it. So we're seeing 100 yards rush and two touchdowns. Yep, 120 yards rush, two touchdowns. 120. Yep. I like it even better. <laughs> I am also going to take the Bills. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that uh, Mac Jones... Despite in loss, plays his best game of the season by a mile. Wow, there you go. So I, I don't got his stats in front of me, but I'm going to say that it, it's going to be clear it was his best game. Well, yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to look through uh, the the numbers after that to, to see if it's quantifiable. So let's, I mean, let's call it let's, let's call it 300 yards, four touchdowns. 300 yards, four touchdowns. So uh, I'm I'm going to are you writing these down or am I going to type these? I, down? I got them. I got them. Okay. Um, next up, we got the uh, Eagles. If, if this will be for tomorrow at one o'clock. The Buccaneers, the Eagles at the Bucks. I'm gonna go ahead and say Buccaneers all day long, and um, I'm gonna say that Jalen Hurts not only gets shut down in this game, he will he will not produce over 200 yards passing, but I will say Keyshawn Vaughn will be the star of the show. And he will have 140 plus yards in this game. Okay. I'm going to say that, much like the last game, in loss, Hurts is going to have 100 yards rushing. Wow. There you go. Lots of rushing yards. Next up, we got the Cowboys. Taking Bucks, if I wasn't clear on that. But yeah, yeah. I think we're both taking Bucks in that situation. Um, next up, we got the Cowboys and the Niners. We are both taking the Cowboys here, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I figured as much. I'm going to say that Jimmy Garoppolo will throw for over 300 yards versus his Cowboys defense, which is something he has failed to do a majority of this season. That's, that's interesting. I, I'm i going to say that uh, Dak Prescott backs up last week and has over 500 yards passing. Wow. Woo-hoo-hoo, 500 yards. Shit. Against a very tough 49ers defense. This very is a tough good defenses, by the way, in this game. I just wanna... be, it, this is a game that could end up very Pats Rams and be like a, like a like a ten to three game. Right. It's totally possible. <clears throat> it is. And I'm also I, I want to add to that Jimmy G over three hundred. I want to add three touchdowns to that. Okay. High scoring. High scoring. <clears throat> Next up, we got uh, in Sunday Night Football Steelers at the Chiefs. This one is going to be fun. I'm going with the Chiefs. However, in in Ben Roethlisberger's swan song of a loss, Ben Roethlisberger will have over 400 yards passing and to at least two touchdowns in this game. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm going with that. 
I'm going to Chiefs. Yeah. And my bold prediction is the Steelers have under 250 total yards. Wow. All right. There you go. <laughs> Two very opposite things. There. Yes. Two very opposite, opposite things. You got Ben being almost double what I have in the total yard just in passing. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football, the one that got flexed out, which I'm not happy about, but I'll deal with it. The Cardinals and the Rams. Um I'm going with the Rams here, and uh, I'm going to say that Cam Akers, upon his return, goes for over 150 yards and two touchdowns. First game wow. back. Wow. Well, technically his second game back, but he had he had a very, uh, very light workload in week 18. I'm going to say 150 and two touchdowns. Um, and this is where our, our big difference is. I mean, it, it is game of the week. Yep. I'm going Cardinals. Yep. And I'm going to say, despite the loss, Stafford puts up. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of matching something I did earlier. But Stafford puts up 450, 450 yards Ooh. and loses. And 450 lose. and three touchdowns and loses. Well, that's all right. I got 450 for Ben and losing to the Chiefs. <laughs> And those are your predictions, folks, for uh, Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> Got to whisper it. Super. Uh, super Wild Card Weekend. And, um, man, Tyler, what a season this has turned out to be. Very excited. We got Super Bowl around the corner. Getting my Making my preparations for Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and, and next week we're going to be going over all these uh, divisional round uh, predictions and and all this stuff and and previewing that, you know, and you know what I'm going to do? Cause I, I have to, I think at this point I'm going to, I want to flip flop one of my, my choices. The 49ers will beat the Cowboys. You sell out. I'm going to go. You sell out all week. All I, week you've been you've been on my side defending against the Steels and I, Ray I, on this. Look, 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 you motherfucking sellout. I have to, I have to, Tyler. I have to, I have to beat you. I will sell out to try and beat Tyler. But the, the, this is like extra credit though, like because like, realistically, I already won. Regular season's over, but 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 yeah. we extend it in the playoffs just out of the kindness of my heart. Yep. Yep. But, no. You've been you've been you've been playing the the uh, Cowboys defense all week with me. I I believe you know I I do think to be honest with you I do think the Cowboys win this game, but I'm gonna take the Niners just because I'm I I gotta beat Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta beat you at at least one of these years. You beat me every year. And the problem is we go in the playoffs and I make the, the all, all the outlandish ones, and usually I'm I'm up like five six, and then it ends up like I win by one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm going with the, the, the Niners. I'm going to sell out. I'm going to sell out on it and take the Niners. Um, just, just for the fuck of it. I, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I think I'm taking a risk there, but I'm going to. Oh, go, you are. I'm going to do it. I'm going for it. And you're probably going to laugh your way to the bank, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going with the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, folks, um, those are your predictions for Wild Card Weekend, and you know. Um, we got, we had, a, it's been a hell of a season, a regular season so far. We, we've gotten through it all. 
we're, we're going to keep bringing this thing to you. And uh, Tyler, I'm, I'm going to be doing my round one through three draft big board. I know I've, I've suckered you into that, you know, and I know it's kind of tough. It is not an easy task doing a, a three round big board, but I'm going to try and, and uh, sucker you into it again this year. Are you giving me, you giving me the big board? We'll see. Well, <laughs> well, don't worry. We're going to try. I'm going to try and sucker you into it uh, throughout the, uh, the off season here, but um, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage, IYTMassage.com. Check it out. If you need a massage in, in uh, Swedish deep tissue, she uh, specializes in CBD oil, all that good stuff. Check her out. Uh, my my wonderful wife, Amanda, at, at IYTMassage.com. Also, uh, head over to FaceKickedApparel.com for your, all of your custom T-shirts, hats, hoodies, beanies, Anything you need, you pick it, he sticks it right over there. Sean Stockmeyer is tremendous at, at facekickedapparel.com. And um, Tyler, I hope you're ready for Super Wild Card Weekend, and uh, I hope you're uh, excited for it. Um, not all of us will be able to uh, watch the games as we'd like, but that's okay. We're going to make it happen. Um, folks, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Have, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. And uh, have a wonderful holiday from uh, Martin Luther King Day. And uh, we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.